my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much to Roger A., Samurai Flea, Nate Dog, Ridiculous Hat, James W., Forrest B., Electric Mick, Clay HS, Matthew D., and Clay C. for helping to support the show. You can join this great family and get some amazing perks like our brand new Inner Fire over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to join our Discord. We're talking all new cards, all new decks. Go to thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord to sign up today. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown. It is review season. And you know, I thought it would be really fun if for the review episode, we snuck in here to the lair of the League of Evil because they're out doing their heist at Dalaran and everything. And I thought, man, if we really want to get in the minds of these villains, no better way to do it than to actually get in the place where they've done all their scheming, all their planning and all of that. And of course, I brought along my good friend, my best review friend, Wicked Good, to be here with me today. What do you think of this place, man? It's pretty I, cool, huh? I think this timing is perfect for starting the review because I just got out of Dr. Boom's workshop and I have perfected my doomsday device. Oh, you it, think it's going to be that bad? Oh, well, so, could... <laughs> I, I mean, let me tell, just tell me what you think about this, because this, I, I have a device that will steal time, but it okay. only works for three hour increments. That, um, I, I, no, <laughs> that, does, that doesn't, I can't, I can't even get my mind around that, man. But I, I, I think that we're going to turn this on and three hours of time is just going to disappear. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I see what you're doing. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> this is going to be good, man. I'm so excited to do this. Um, we've done we've done six of these now. We've gone through an entire set rotation. So I'd like to think that when it comes to professional Hearthstone card reviewers, we're like on our way at least, right? Yeah, we're, we're starting to learn some things. We're, we're not missing big things as much. Let's... Just put it that way. We're we're slightly better than we were two years ago. There's more to compare everything to, not only the cards, but also our own gut reactions to the cards when we're looking at them and all of that. It should be a really fun time. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. Actually, I was at the, and we'll talk about this in a second, but I was at a pre-release today and I said, you know, it's going to be weird that all of these cards that we've been playing with for the past two years are going to be old as of next week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Things that we thought in our infancy were going to just, you know, be okay have instead been the bane of our existence, essentially, and we're just dying to see them out the door. But, uh, yeah, here we are, man. It is the Year of the Dragon, the very first set, and it's so good to have you back, of course, as always. I know we have some new listeners who haven't uh, – well, I, the influx of the new year is always going to bring on a lot of new people, so – for people who aren't familiar with you, can you tell them a little bit about who you are, how you got into Hearthstone and all of that, and where you're at today? Yeah, so I'm Steve Lubitz. I go by Wicked Good on Twitter and elsewhere. I do a podcast predominantly from my car while I'm driving home from work called Off Curve, where I just kind of talk stream of consciousness for about a half an hour about whatever is going on in the game or, you know, deck sometimes deck guides, sometimes strategy, sometimes, you know, avoiding tilt. Sometimes just, you know, what deck I played in Legend Storytime, stuff like that. Um, I've been playing Hearthstone, oh gosh, is it 
is it four years now? I guess it is. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, because I start. I mean, I I started in beta. Like, I got a key in beta, but I never. I played very little. I didn't really, you know, play it seriously until it came out for the phone, which was right after Black Rock Mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been playing, you know, ever since then, and uh, gotten to Legend a number of times since then, and and been lucky enough to be uh to be doing this card this year card review for the past. Is it seven sets now? Good grief. Yeah, that's crazy, I feel right? old. <laughs> like, I turned 40 this year, and I feel older having done two years worth of this show than I did turning 40. But right, that's, that's what sitting down and talking about every detail that no one ever thought through about a card yeah. will do to you, unfortunately. But. Yeah, I mean, this 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 show does age you, I guess, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, that that's me. I also do, um, you know, I also do some, some tournament casting. Um, I most recently did... Um, house rivalries that uh, our friend Bemi put on, and I've done some WESG qualifiers and stuff like that. Looking forward to doing some more of that um, in the future. And you know, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, it's been great. And if you haven't checked out Off Curve before, you really are missing out because it's just it's simple. It's most of them are bite size, unless you're talking uh, with ridiculous hat about all of the theory craft or not the theory craft, the actual decks that uh, that come into existence yeah. and stuff right afterwards. It's it's like this is the this is the appetizer in the main course, and then you guys are the dessert essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like these this like eight hour. <laughs> chunk of my life every four months now that I come to love. So that you've invested so much into, and uh, we all get to reap the rewards from. Well, yeah. um, well, man, I'm so excited to have you on here. Uh, for those of you who are new for the review episodes, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and as you can tell in your podcast app of choice, uh, we have sat down for a very long time to talk about these. These typically run about three hours each. We'll go through half of the cards today. We're actually, Since we're in the villain's lair, we thought we'd go through all of the villainous cards. And then next week, we'll be bringing in all of the heroic stuff. But before we get into any of that, Steve, I got to ask you today why you are happy. Um, so I am happy because I got to take my daughters to their first gaming convention last weekend. Oh boy, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, so PAX East was in town. I'm in I'm I live outside of Boston. And so I got to take one of my daughters a couple years ago when I was speaking and I had an extra ticket, but this is the first time I bought tickets for all three of them and they were all willing and able to go with me. And it was it's a lot of fun seeing it through their eyes. Like I did Friday on my own and just cuz there's a lot of people I want to see and and people I don't get to hang out with except when they're in town. Um but you know, Sunday, I kind of left as much for them and just kind of seeing what they wanted to see, you know, seeing them picking up games that, you know, they haven't seen before, you know, getting way deep into fandoms that I wasn't even 100% sure they were into, getting <laughs> shamed for not knowing the ins and outs of Undertale. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jeez. And, uh, but it was, it was a good day to, you know, both to give my wife kind of a day to herself and also to, you know, spend some quality time with them that I don't normally get to do because I'm, you know, I'm so busy and, and be able to share that with them and kind of show them that, you know, that, and also just show them that there's a lot of girls and women that were there and, you know, participating because it was very different than, you know, when you and I were kids. And mm-hmm. this was seen as mostly a boy's hobby and they got to see a lot of people in costume and they got to, you know, hang out with some of my friends who are who are women who work in games. And it was a it was a really great time. And they all well, two and a half of them said that they would do it again. 
So <laughs> what happened to the other half? Uh, she said maybe. So she we'll said, oh, "I got you." Okay. Yeah. So she's. I, I bet the other sisters can uh, can convince her to be there. At least. Uh, she's pretty hard to convince when she got her mindset on something, okay. but, but it's a long time from now, so we'll see. Well, it was, a- it's a lot of walking. We did like oh, five okay. miles yeah. of walking, and I think that might have been a little much for her. But maybe yeah. next time we'll build in some more time to you know sit on the the cushy pillows on, in the handheld lounge a little bit more next year. Mm-hmm. That's always nice, a nice little break. And yeah. then you get your monster, and then you're ready to go, basically. Yeah, basically. And And so why are you happy this week? Um, well, I'm happy the fireside gathering that we hosted in Colorado Springs, good buddies, Rob and saucy mailman was a blast. We actually had almost 30 people there. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, we had like 14, I think the first time. So it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. We were, because we had so many more people, I was playing innkeeper duties a lot more than, than I remembered <laughs> last time. So I only got to play a couple of games, but I got to open all my pre-order packs. And so that was fun. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's just always a good time. And the coffee shop that we host at, those guys are really great. Um, lots of fun. So yeah, we had a few repeats, so it's nice to be able to kind of get to know people over time and all of that. And of course, time with Saucy and Rod is always time well spent. So oh, they're, they're the best. That was fun. And, and my daughter and wife actually did come for a very brief moment to me, to meet them and stuff. And my daughter is far, far too young to really get this game still. But I like pointing out the numbers to her. And she's enjoyed that a little bit. So every time she sees me playing, she'll come over. That's a two, Daddy. I'm like, uh, that's a six. But yes, um, <laughs> well, still working on that. But uh, but yeah, it'll be fun to teach her math through Hearthstone one day. Yeah. Either way. So. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I got to go to a, I actually got to go to a fireside up in Burlington, Mass. Um, today I got to met, um, got to meet, uh, Ray C and Danny Donuts from Well Matt, who were there too. Yeah. Um, Ray and I actually met at PAX the prior weekend, but he, he brought Danny down and I got to meet him in person, which was a lot of fun. And, and my, one of the twins came with me and opened all my packs and she was, she was really getting it. She doesn't play, but she, you know, she knows what it looks like when, when, uh, you know, the, when, when the big orange glow goes off and she that's said, yeah. all you have to know. Yeah. And she's like, daddy, I, you know, I like it when it makes the explosions. I said, I want you to make as many explosions as possible. <laughs> And you just happened to open Blastmaster Boom, if I, I saw correctly. Too, I did, so. and and I got I, and I got a priest legendary, so everyone's happy. So I will be able to play Temple Warrior, and I'll be able to play Priest, and and so they did a, a small tournament with the um with the pre made deck recipes. Okay. And and I I've been promising you this story all day. Yes, I I'm waiting with bated breath here. Okay, so I get into the third round. I get matched up against someone who I'd already played in the first round and I'd won against, but he I, I, he got back. I thought it was single elimination, but he made his way back in. I'm not sure how, but it doesn't matter. Um, so we end up in a rogue mirror. So the rogue deck is a burgle rogue. Okay, right. And so you know I keep Vendetta, forgetting I'm never gonna get it discounted, and we kind of go back and forth, and then. I forget at some point he plays um he plays academic espionage. He oh he plays prep Myers and then academic espionage into the empty deck. Right? So he's got an empty deck, mm-hmm. everything that's in there is ten cards that all cost one. And okay. then, you know, I'm I'm kinda I'm still winning, but he's you know, starting to claw his way back. And he starts playing face collectors. Oh, and boy. then all of a sudden now we're you know, we're all in the same room. All of a sudden, he and the person next to him start start cracking up laughing. And I'm like, oh, God, what's about to happen? 
because <laughs> you really don't know. I have no idea, and I'm starting to run out of cards at this point. Like, I got, like, I had my own face collector that just gave me an Anixia that I haven't been able to play yet, and, and just, like, uh, a lot of, like, I tried to play the the one that shuffle that doubles, I, we should know that came to the card by now, but the legendary who doubles, gives you a copy of everything you shuffle, and he was able to kill that off before I could academic espionage, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, okay, I get, I play my own academic espionage and pass, and he emotes thank you. And then drops Archbishop Benedictus. Oh, no. <laughs> With, like, 30 cards that he shuffles into his deck. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's not good. And then, and so I draw my card. I get a preparation from Academic Espionage. So I've managed okay. to make it cost more. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he plays Bwonsamdi. Okay. And draws oh, no. a million cards because they oh all cost gosh. one. Right, right. Any minions, basically. <laughs> so oh. he he plays Wonsabdi and just drops a whole bunch of stuff onto the board and beats me in the face, right? So I, I go through two turns of this. I'm down to four life. I draw my own Myra's Unstable Element. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Hail Mary. So I prep. <laughs> right. I play my, my sad one mana prep into, into Myra's. And I draw like nine cards. One of which is a one mana vanish. <laughs> so I, his hand is still full. I vanish his whole board and destroy everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and this so. Okay. This is swung back and forth already. And I know the story's <laughs> not over, but I'm. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Keep... Yeah. So, so I do that. And then um, he had a Cobalt Illusionist on the board. It, it dropped. A, one of the things that it dropped was a Sharazin, which came out dormant. And then okay. something else that came out of the one out of the Cobalt Illusionist, and I killed that. Oh no, the the Sharon was Sharon was on the board and it was dormant. And he played a couple of other of other minions, and then I was able to go with the rest of my hand, backstab, prep, SI, dagger, face, for lethal. And somehow win this game where he had like thirty or forty power on board from oh one stupid gosh. one zombie. That is disgusting. I lost. I won the battle. I didn't lose that match, but I think I I kind of needed to leave after that game anyway, so it was okay. But it was. Yeah, that was a game. That was just a full-on, like, ridiculousness, and I was enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> I, th I think I can say well done, but I'm even, <laughs> like, not sure about that. So that's that's incredible. Um, I, I will send you pictures of this. I had to take pictures with my phone because I was on, like, their laptop. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, will, I will send you pictures after Please after do. we're done recording, but it was it was too much fun. Yeah, I, th I think it's safe to say that these pre-releases have been just such a great addition to the whole rollout of the expansions. I mean, getting to get in person with either people that you know from the community or meeting new people in your area. I mean, like I said, we had a few people re who were returners from our last gathering, so it was great to see them. But by uh, far and large, most people were brand new and they had never been to a fireside and they finally got to get an MZ and all that, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really great just to kind of create the community around that and stuff. And, and the fact that they've said that they're going to continue doing this, I think it's just great. So yeah. we'll continue to have a lot of fun as we, as we keep going down there. Well, Hey, I, I don't want to keep us too far away from diving in because we got some thoughts about some cards and uh, it being the first of the year, we really need to take some time and talk about why we do that. But before we get all there, I want to talk with you all about the Patreon for this show because we've actually been going through quite a few changes lately. 
And one thing I really want to celebrate with all of you is that uh, you all rallied around and got back weekly episodes for the Happy Hearthstone. So I'm really excited to launch those uh, with this review cavalcade, essentially. You don't have to go wait in two weeks to to hear all of the insanity because we're, you know, we want to talk about it anyway. So, uh, so that'll be fun, and episodes will start rolling out after that. I know that part of the reason why people were so excited about getting on the Patreon wasn't just the uh, the uh, getting weekly episodes back, but some of the new stuff that I've gotten to add on there. The big thing is called the Inner Fire. If you haven't heard of this yet, it's uh, the new $10 level, and the Inner Fire is essentially my inner circle. And what this is, is it's a place if you are wanting to get better at this game, if you're wanting to get better at Hearthstone, I, I really believe that the Inner Fire might be one of the best things for you. I'm already passing on tips, tricks, and uh, meta-analyses for people who are a part of this exclusive Discord group. And what I'm going to start doing a little bit later in this month are monthly deep dive sessions where we're going to be talking about strategies, we're going to talk about uh, mindset issues, and, you know, I, I've loved making exclusive content for people who are at that $5 level, and I'm still doing that every single week. These deep dives are going to be more along the lines of like 30 to 45 minutes of really talking about the ins and outs of mulligan strategies, of what to do when you're tilting, um, of how to choose a deck. So these are all really foundational things, but I think uh, I, I've just talked with so many people who want to get better at this game and don't know where to start. And the inner fire really is one of the best ways I think that you can do that. So, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited because many of you know that uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of hsreplay.net for obvious reasons, right? So here's, here's the uh, really exciting news. We're gonna do a special offer. So for this month of April, Anyone who joins the Happy Hearthstone's Patreon at $10 or above is going to get a, a month of hsreplay.net premium for free. Now, if you're not familiar with hsreplay.net, then you probably haven't listened to the show before. But just in case, they make some great deck trackers that you can use on Android, Mac, PC. And you can, uh, you can track your hand. You can track what your opponents played. And you can actually upload your replays. I, I, I sent two of them to uh, Steve today. It was more out of commiseration rather than actually getting better. But <laughs> but most of the time, those are those are there to to help like bounce ideas off of each other. You can brag about great stuff. Anyway, all of that's free. But once you start looking at like their meta pages, uh, their deck uh, deck or not deck recipes, but basically the popular decks and different variations of the archetypes you can see out there. You can actually dial in and look at your exact rank and region and see what's the most popular deck there and also what works well against those. So premium is normally a $5 a month subscription, uh, but for people who join the, the Happy Hearthstone's Patreon at $10 or more a month for, for this month, uh, we're going to give you a free month of HSReplay.net premium. So I can't thank my friends over there enough for partnering on that. I'm really excited for that. And it is going to be limited to the first 20 people who get in the door. So go over to patreon.com slash the happy Hearthstone. And you can sign up to join the Inner Fire and get a free month of HSReplay.net Premium. I know you're going to love it. I have been loving it. It's just, it's so helpful when you don't quite know where to start. And honestly, 
these deep dive sessions will probably go into how to use it uh, best as well because it'll be um, it'll be a really helpful tool. It's a helpful tool for me as I'm laddering up. I know it is for you too, Steve. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I'm I'm also in there. So and if anyone's going to tell you how to use and not use HS Replay, it's probably going to be me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I mean, I, and I think that. You know, when we, when you and I both first got Legend for the first time, back when you were still doing Felon's Chosen, like, we mm-hmm. had a, a group called This Time Legend in that Discord, and that was really instrumental, I think, for both of us, getting yeah, more experienced players, and, and it's not just strategy, though sometimes, like, there will be people in the off-curve Discord that will post a replay, and I'll go very deep turn into turn, um, you know, going and why you should, maybe you would have done this, I would have done this differently, but even just, like you know, reassurance and knowing that people are going through the same thing, dealing with some like ladder anxiety or just having other people who have been through that before who can help you not just with like your micro gameplay, but also your macro gameplay and your mindset is, is huge Mm -hmm. for being able to achieve goals higher than you're already getting to. So I'm happy to be part of it too. And I would say that this is a really great resource, especially just given the given some of the people that are already in that channel, both people who are looking to learn and also people who have have been there before. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm seeing Risen is is in there too, and he's yep. you know one of the, one of the better players that I know. Um, you know, he's a consistently a very high legend uh, finisher, and you know plays tournaments, and he's got a lot of great expertise that he can contribute as well. So. So Roshio um, from Hero Power yeah. podcast is in there also another every month or legend on yeah. there. So um, so really you're going to you're going to get very direct access to a lot of people who have who have gone down this road or who are on the road with you as well. So uh, so, yeah, definitely go check it out. Patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And uh, just so thankful for everyone who has jumped on there. I'm really excited to be back doing weekly episodes as well. So uh, great times ahead. In fact. The times are so good that uh, it is time to review these cards, man. I I, I have been really excited yeah. about this, and especially for this set. It it is a bit. Uh, I mean, it's a big accomplishment. I think that we've been able to go through an entire standard rotation now, and so there, there's part of that that I'm excited about. That now we get to do this a little bit older, hopefully a little bit wiser, <laughs> um, but also just these cards. I. For me personally, this has felt like a very fun set, and and I many people don't really know what to expect as far as what standard is going to look like with this set's release, because so many of the year the mammoth cards have been dominating this uh, the the standard gameplay section for so long, but these cards really are exciting to me, and I many of them I'm not even sure if they're powerful enough, but I'm more excited than ever to uh to tinker to try different deck lists to try different cards and all sorts of stuff i really i just want a full set on day one honestly yeah, yeah i like i i kind of there are there are times especially around now that i wish this was like a living card game like netrunner where you just buy the whole set and then you just mm-hmm. got to play with everything but i i think that and, and i think that what's important when we're doing these reviews and and we talk about this every time but it's important just to you know reset expectations that we try and with ex- with exceptions we try not to talk about cards being good or bad because mm-hmm. cards are always kind of a function of the deck they're in and the meta that they're in and what we're trying to talk about is how useful these cards are going to be and how often you're going to be able to to make use out of them mm-hmm. and you know any card can be cards can get value as other cards are revealed we're always working with the 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 context of the sets that we know about like there's 
you know, sometimes it will speculate, but in general, it's, you can only work with the information that you have. And we're working with as much information as we have right now. I mean, we've have mm-hmm. cards that have been bad until there was a nerf or there were cards yep. that were bad until other sets came in. Like we, you know, we didn't review Yasharaj. This is the example that I love to give. Yasharaj was a card that was introduced in, in uh, whispers of the old gods that was literally unplayable for the first year. And then all of a sudden, they introduced a whole bunch of uh, Resurrect cards, and Yasharaj was in Big Priest, and it's in Big Priest mm-hmm. today in Wild, and it's still played constantly. But that card was literally unplayable for the first, like, four sets after it was revealed until it got enough enough support. So we can't predict that, but we can talk about, like, how you can make use of it and why you would want to put this in a deck, knowing that at the end of the day, you have to fit 30 cards into a deck and... Some cards are going to make the cut more often than others. Yeah, we'd love to be able to, as best as we can, put these cards basically in a vacuum and say, you know, is could could the could the stuff around this card potentially be good enough for it to see play? Because usually, like, I, and I know I've gone to, down this rabbit trail of trying to make a card work. It's usually not a good sign when you're thinking about other cards that are typically not great to put yeah. in a deck. And you're like, oh, I put all these bad cards together, and it's actually a good thing. No, that that yeah. doesn't work. Uh, just trust me. I, it's fun to speculate, and yeah. maybe it might be fun to play. But typically, those are cards that are going to get a lower a lower score. We do go on a scale of one to five. We reserve zeros for very uh, fringe cases, uh, and we will give each card a. Uh, a an integerical number is that right? I mean, it's an integer. In, in, integer, yeah. We, as much as we, I like integerical though. I'm going to use that at work. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, th- I, I think it could be a word in data science at least. But um, we, you know, we could spend all day arguing between half a percentage or something. We we just want to go with whole numbers. We want to you know get you something that's basically this is our best guess at what we think this is for standard play and in arena. So we because there are some cards that may not ever see play in standard, but it's a really fine arena card. So it's worth mentioning, talking about, and uh, yeah, this should be a lot of fun. So anything else about kind of how we score cards that we need to mention here? Yeah, no, I think that, uh, well, I guess we would just say, um, you know, we will touch on wild when it's relevant, but we're going to be focusing on standard because that's what most people are listening to this. And and there is, you know, our friends over at Into the Wild do a whole wild focused card review as well. If you want to go listen to, if you're more focused on wild, that will be helpful for you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And the difference between constructed and arena typically is that arena cards need to be good on their own for you to mm-hmm. pick them. So yeah. some things will have synergistic text, like there will be something that that says, you know, like there's a card where if you know every time a murloc dies, put a car put another murloc into your hand. Well, it in constructed you can build a, a deck around that and that's the kind of thing we'll focus on in a constructed score. In arena, how often how many murlocs are you going to get? Probably not many. Right. Right. So generally we're looking more at like the stats you're going to get out of a minion and how often the text on that is going to matter. And then, you know, what that's worth versus other cards in that slot. And usually, um, legendaries will score a little bit separately because you only get offered legendaries along with other legendaries. So a legendary may be a weaker card in general that may get a better score just because of the other legendaries that you're going to be offered can sometimes be much worse because legendaries are usually very specific use cases which aren't often useful in Arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that just about covers it. So we really should just jump into these. And Steve, I thought there would be no better place to start than with your favorite class of oh, all time, boy. Priest. So three hours and we will maybe get through the Priest cards. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, Priest is my favorite class by a mile and a half. So I and get... Historically, not only are our priest discussions longer, but also the very first class that we go through on these review sessions. Typically, we don't have the mindset yet of <laughs> we really need to hurry this thing along. So uh, so I'm going to be the one kind of pushing us towards okay. the course, I think, on this one. But I'm really excited to hear what you think. So why don't you kick us off uh, with one of these legendaries here? Okay, so Madame Lazul is... A 3-mana three 3-2 three legendary minion battle cry, discover a copy of a card in your opponent's hand. So, about a year ago, we had a conversation about a card called Camellios. I've heard with... of it. I have a golden copy. <laughs> I know, it's or... very pretty, and it, it looks very pretty in your collection, and not in any yep. of your decks. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think I played one deck with him, at least. You, you have to try it, at least. I mean, yeah. it's so, and, and Camellios is a 1-mana one 1-1 one one that turns into a, uh, another card in your opponent's hand, and at the time, and, and still to this day... I was very down on that because, uh, you know, information is something that is, is I think, overvalued a little bit in in Hearthstone. Like, there is some information you can get, but generally, except at the very highest levels, most people aren't really making the most use out of that information anyway. Mm -hmm. And and Camellios was something that was, you, you had to play that card when it decided to rotate into it. So it was kind of right. dictating your turn. This is not like Camellios. This is more like a card that is rotating out called uh, Curious Glimmer Root, which mm -hmm. would, which is a three mana three three that showed you three cards from your opponent's opponent's deck or that started in your opponent's deck, and you would pick one, and if you chose right, then you got a copy of it, and that actually ended up seeing a lot more play than I thought it was going to at a time at the time because it turns out that a three mana fairly statted minion that also gives you another card is is fine, mm -hmm. especially in a set like this where we only have four sets worth of cards and you're gonna have some holes in the in the the decks and this is just kind of a fine filler card um and it does give you it gives you access to the to knowing what three cards in your opponent's hand are if your opponent only has three cards in hand you get to see their entire hand yeah um that's you know similar to glimmer root just playing lazul on her own is fine yeah. right um you're, you're really not playing her for the like the peak at your opponent's hand that's nice but like camellio showed us that you Basically, what I learned from that experience is that you already are thinking about what your opponent has already and anticipating that. And every single turn that changes. So she she may give you a little bit of information, but way more importantly, she's generating another card for you. In fact, I was thinking about the uh, the what was it? The. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Mean Streets card that was a three mana two two where you discovered. Oh, uh, oh uh, Cabal like Courier. Yeah, that's it. So this is a little bit better stat-wise than that, and there's a way better chance that the cards you're looking at are playable because, heads up, your opponent's playing them, you know? Yeah. So I think I think if it just gave you a random card from your opponent's hand, it wouldn't be as good, but that Discover mechanic has been good since the very beginning of its existence, and it's still good now. So I, I think it's a, this is a pretty good card. Yeah, I mean, Tracking It Operative is the is the best comparison, yes, really. Because, I mean, yeah. except mm -hmm. this, is de this is hand, not deck, so you're getting even a smaller you know, a smaller view into what's there, but I mean, you know, Draken and this Draken and operative needs you have a dragon in your hand. This is just like, mm. do it whenever. Yeah. It's just um, perfectly fine. I, th I think it's going to make its way into a lot of priest decks, no matter what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and especially the ones that really want some value. Oh, I, I didn't think about this, but shadow or not shadow essence, uh, shadow visions is leaving. Yes. And so this, this really is maybe your only uh, shadow visions was so good. It's Gosh. such a, it's such a good um, card. 
I yeah, I think this is probably a four across yeah. the board. Yeah, I think it's a four. I think it's gonna it, like once we start getting to like the third, the the third set of the season of the year, it might start dropping out for you know more synergistic cards because there just won't be as much room. But mm-hmm. in a four set meta, I think this is gonna see playing a lot of priest decks just to fill holes. And and in arena, like again, like I just said, you're going to be offered this against other legendaries. And mm-hmm. against other legendaries, like a three mana three two that you can just play as a minion is great. It's it's going to be a lot better than some of the other min- some of the other min- legendary minions that you may just never get a chance to play. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's skip over to the epics for mysterious reasons. We've got Lazul's Scheme, which re- is a zero cost uh, spell that reads: reduce the attack of an enemy minion by one until your next turn. And this upgrades each turn, as all the schemes do. I guess we should talk about these new keywords kind of as we go across them. So scheme isn't necessarily a keyword, but these are spells, one for each of the villains. And they will upgrade each turn, which means every turn that this is in your hand, it will go up. So when you draw it initially, it will just reduce uh, a minion's attack by one. But if you hold it for another turn, it'll reduce their attack by two, by three, by four. And this is unlimited. I mean, it could be 562. If well, there's a there's a 90 you turn can't have limit. That many turns. Yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> so I want to see somebody do zero mana, reduce a minion's attack by 90 uh, or 89, I suppose. Anyway, uh, this is OK. Like if you can combo this with the right card, obviously, like as long as Cabal Shadow Priest is at the six mana, yeah. mm-hmm. four, five. As yep. long as that's a card, and it is a card, this is this is going to be fine with that. Uh, we had Shrinkmeister back in Goblins versus Gnomes. Oh, those were the days. And yeah, you could steal Ysera essentially with that, and now you're going to be able to do that again. So I think this card is going to see some play, especially in Control Priests, maybe in, in, in something that's more uh, tempo-oriented for Priests. Uh, it's it's a fine card. It doesn't do a ton on its own, so it it is sort of a liability. But I think it's good enough that it'll see play. Yeah, I mean, it's going to see play in very specific instances as an activator for a number of priest cards that care about an opponent opposing minions' attack. So you have Shadow Repain, you have Topsy Turvy, which can just flip it and kill it if it's zero. You yeah. have um, Forbidden Words, which we'll talk about, which cares about the attack. So there there's a number of things that priest cards that are activated by attack being below a certain threshold and if you want to play those now that we've lost we've we've you know again lost twilight acolyte which was the way that you were doing this before that would just swap its attack and its attack was two now that you don't have that anymore oh shadow madness is another one um you know yeah you have a lot that a lot of priest cards that need an attack to be below a certain threshold so if you're running those you might run this um, otherwise, obviously, it's not going to do a whole lot for you. But I mean, it does. It is a zero mana spell, which can be more powerful than they seem on the uh, on the outset. I think that this is. I mean, I'm I'm kind of between a three and a four the more I think about it. But I think that in yeah. the decks that want it, they're really going to want it if they're really trying to make it take advantage of that. So I think it probably is a four. But yeah. it's it, you may not see it a lot because it's going to be if you have other specific other cards along with it. And and the zero cost now now you got me thinking about our poor friend Dragon Soul which is gone forever but uh, oh, that man. loves this and yeah. and Lyra I mean can you imagine if those were living together with this um, yeah that may as long as we don't have things that can really generate value off of it it's a little bit worse you know gadgets and auctioneer really is the only uh, clear thing right now so I I really want to give it a three I think yeah I think uh, I'm okay with okay it. I'm okay with a three okay. and this is a one in arena yeah don't um, pick it yeah. Um, so shadowy figure is our next epic. It's a two mana two, two battle cry transform into a two, two copy of a friendly death battle minion. So 
I was actually higher on this when I first read it until I tried to do some theory crafting with it. And then I realized that this is kind of awkward to fit into a deck and it doesn't, the, the real, where I got excited about this is, mm-hmm. and, and I talked about this on my most recent off curve where I was talking about cards that are not seeing play right now that could is uh, reckless experimenter, which is a five mana four, six that says uh, your death rattle minions cost three less and die at the end of the turn. And so there is a deck and I theory crafted one that, that revolves around death rattle synergies. And there's even some cute things you can do with, you know, minions that die and restore health to your opponent and Akanai soul priest and Akanai phantasm and, and stuff like that to turn the healing into damage. Uh, the problem is this doesn't benefit from that. So that's like a seven mana play with reckless experimenter. And like you, you just don't have enough room for something like this. Like you can run, um, I don't, Mirage Caller rotated out, right? Am I remember remembering that correctly? Because that yes. was the way you would do that. But I mean, even then, like, you can still run something like Powered Replicate at, at five mana. You can run a Faceless Manipulator. This is restrictive enough that it's kind of it's kind of weird that way, and it's kind of hard to fit into a deck. Jeez, Mirage Caller was journeying to Angoro. Was it really? Way the heck back then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is a tough card to evaluate. I will say it has some sneaky potential. Uh, the the more I think about it, I I think that this card is going to be really good if there's a solid one cost death rattle minion. And I don't know how you design a solid one cost death rattle minion that gives you like a ton of tempo up front. Like I don't know, I'm thinking of some kind of like uh, like maybe a a one two or two one that like gives a friendly minion a plus one plus one or something like that. Like I could see that spiraling into a really strong start. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's it's can you combo this with something later in the game, maybe with Re- Reckless Experimenter? It's tough because the 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 effect seems powerful. And yet once you start thinking through it, there aren't there isn't really anything there. But uh, but I think there's still some potential here. I mean, just the fact yeah. that it can make a copy of anything that's usually I mean, we've got Faceless Manipulator that could do that. Uh, is there anything else actually? Oh, Vivid Nightmare too. I mean, that's the other thing, yep. right? Like you can play for Vivid for three man. You can play Vivid Nightmare, and that mm-hmm. has a one health copy that's full. So attack. that's probably better, yeah. right? So maybe this. I don't know. Maybe when this is out of Vivid Nightmare, or if you need, if you really need it to not get countered, counterspelled, then maybe. But I would say you're probably playing Vivid Nightmare over this, and I don't know if there's room in a deck like that to um in a deck like that to be able to do both. Now wait. Now wait. So if you if you copy a death rattle minion, make a two two copy, yes. and then you silence it, it'll it'll get back the stats that it had before, right? I think so. So maybe it goes with some of those. But are you? It, I mean, you don't have those kinds of death rattle minions right now, really. I mean, I guess you mm-hmm. do. Yeah, there's, you there's do. One coming up, we're gonna talk. Yeah, about. you do. Yeah, maybe I, that. Maybe it fits in there. But I feel like I don't know. Maybe. But again, why would you do that instead of Vivid Nightmare? Yeah, I. I feel like I'm thinking too hard, but there is potential there. So this is one to keep your eyes on for the future. It's I, I would probably say it's a three for now. Yeah, though. I think it is too. Okay. And and it's probably like a two in arena because it those are yep. below below rate stats for a two drop. Yep. All right, Forbidden Words is our throwback to Whispers of the Old Gods. This is a zero mana spell. It reads spend all your mana, destroy a minion with that much attack or less. Uh, I heard that Shadowward Pain and Death were okay, and you needed a four mana kill a four attack something. I mean, 
Twilight Drake got nothing on Priest now is basically what this means, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Priest can't kill four attack minions has been a meme since time immemorial. But I, I was playing, I, as you might imagine, I was playing a lot of Priest in the tavern in the tavern brawl at the fireside today, and I uh-huh. was making a lot of use of this card. And this card did work. Yeah, and it is, it is really, really good removal because again, you can. You can keep it in your mulligan, and you know we'll talk about some of these forbidden forbidden cards being, um, or the scheme cards being kind of liabilities. More of the scheme cards being liabilities in your mulligan if they need time to ramp up, and this does too because it's going to ramp up with your mana. But the thing is with this card, it's it's ramping up alongside your opponent's minions, so mm-hmm. it's getting better with the minions that you might want to remove with it. So it actually kind of scales nicely if you keep it in your mulligan and yeah. being able to, and, and it doesn't let, unlike the schemes, it doesn't need to stay in your hand. You can use, right. Just you use draw it mana. Off the top. It's fine. Yeah. And, and, you know, being able to remove a big minion, even if it costs you a lot of mana is fine because if you need to remove that minion, you will remove that minion. Obviously you'd, I, I'm, I'm seeing you probably cut pains for this. Possibly if you need to make room, mm-hmm. you probably don't cut deaths because this is easier to replace a shadow or pain than a shadow or depth. Um, just by how much mana you need to spend on it. But this is, I think this is going to be a staple of Priest going forward. I, I was originally giving this a four. I think it's going to go up to a five for me. Yeah, I'm okay with a five. Like, we thought from the beginning this was good, but the more time we've had with it, yeah. especially with Psychic Scream leaving uh, standard, Priest really needs removal. And I think that this, is, this isn't as good as Psychic Scream, but it is really nice to have. Yeah. And I think because it's... It, it, honestly, it all hangs on those two words or less at the end. If it were anything else, well, I guess or more would be better. But but if that if that weren't there, this would be a really tricky card to play. But as is, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. I think I think it's a five in both. I would pick this over Shadow Word Pain or Death every time. Yeah, I think the only thing that's a little bit of something you're going to need to think about when you're playing this card that you know hasn't been a thing since all the forbidden cards rotated out is you really need to be careful with your sequencing because this mm. is the last thing you do on any turn. Cause um, at, unless you can't remove it any other way, but yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, even if you can, but you need to make sure that, you know, if you need to do this, you need to save the mana for it. And you can't, mm-hmm. you also in the other way around, like even if you're blowing up a two drop and you have seven mana, if you just play this, you're going to use all seven mana. And that's going to be the last thing you do this turn. Yeah. So you need to be very careful about the order in which you play cards, because if you play this out of order, you're going to end up with not enough to do on your turn. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Fives across the board. Yep. Um, is this is this me? Mass resurrection. Okay. Did you did you say is this meme? Me, Mass, me, me, not meme. I, I I think you said meme. I did not say meme. Let's go anyway. <laughs> Mass resurrection is a nine mana mistake. No, sorry, sorry. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nine mana spell that says summon three friendly minions that died this game. That and and this caused visceral reactions from me included when this was revealed because again we just went through the whole big priest wall priest era mm-hmm. and you know which is going off of uh uh diamond spellstone and which is making very good use of this now there's a big difference between seven mana and nine mana and mm-hmm. there's a difference between three minions and four minions and there is a difference between three friendly minions and four unique friendly minions so, you know, Mass Resurrection is going to have more variance because sometimes you're going to get multiple copies, especially if you're if you've already played one and killed off minions, more of those are going to be in the pool. And if those mm-hmm. are, you know, Northshire clerics, that may not be what you want. 
Um, and it's going to be harder to control what comes out of this, and there's going to be less of them, so you're going to have fewer roles at the minions you do want. Um, and, and again, it's 9 mana, so that's extremely expensive, and Shadow Visions is gone, so you can't get a whole lot of copies out of them. I did right. play this in the Tavern Brawl. It was effective, um, you know, when I played it, but it's also, that's a Tavern Brawl deck. That's a deck recipe, where yeah. I, I think that the standard meta is going to be a little bit too fast for this, and it's probably a fair card the way that it's written, but it feels like it's not because we just we're still like living through Wall Priest as this is being revealed. And honestly, that's that's the archetype I'm concerned about with this card because the the great thing, like as long as Velen and Malagos and Mind Blast are are all classic cards, which they are, the, any kind of resurrection shenanigans are going to be scary. But because we've got Radiant Elemental gone now, and sh and Shadow, and Shadow Visions, Visions. Honestly, that's the big thing. Yeah, Ma Mass Resurrection is a lot less scary for those things, but it can still bring back those Witchwood Grizz Grizzlies and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, the, th the thing with with Wall Priest, the reason that it's such a terror is because of Shadow Visions being able to get you not only getting you consistent access to Inner Fire and Topsy Turvy to actually mm -hmm. execute on your lethal, but also getting you multiple copies of Divine Spirit more so than you would have be able to put into a deck. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, that's true. like, you can't. Like, you would have to draw both Divine Spirits and Inner Fire or Topsy-Turvy in order to do more than 30 damage with a Grizzly now. And that's harder to do when you don't have Shadow Visions to just dig it out of your deck. Yeah. So I, I think that that win condition is going to be a lot less consistent, which will probably make it a much more fair deck just by those cards rotating out. So I think this is probably a three, like, with upside. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, And it's probably, like, a two in Arena just because, like, by the time you get to play it, you're going to have so many like little minions that you're probably not going to get nine mana's worth of value out of this card. And that's really the way you need to look at it. Like, am I getting nine, 10 worth of stats out of this, out of this card in arena in order to make it worth it? And I, mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to, cause you generally draft so many two, three and four drops more than you do big bombs. Right. And you're probably not going to get nine, 10 worth of stats out of it. Yeah. Three and a two sounds yep. good to me. All right, Convincing Infiltrator is a very sneaky guy. Five mana, two, six, with Taunt and Death Rattle, destroy a random enemy minion. So Spider Bomb is the other one we've seen this on. Everyone's referring this as a, you know, a mini Obsidian statue without lifesteal, essentially. Uh, you know, five mana, we've seen Fen Creeper at this spot. I think about, like, Sludge Belcher and everything. Uh, honestly, everything to me comes down to how valuable is that Death Rattle. Yeah, and, and I think it's very... Because, you know, being able to, I mean, again, you're not healing off of it, but even then, like, a lot of time, you know, that Obsidian statue would make things very awkward for you just because it was going to be removing something. And if it was remove something valuable, like, you know, like a Flame Tongue Totem or a Direwolf Alpha or something like that, it could make it very, a lot harder to get through the rest of your taunts. And, mm -hmm. again, you're probably running this in some sort of a deck that's going to be bringing back death rattle minions or you know resummoning them or whatever so you could get this a few times and i do think that this is going to be a key defensive tool for priest decks i mean priest decks are going to have to slow down it just because they weren't particularly speedy to begin with <laughs> and you know having a taunt that can both block some attacks and also is going to take out a minion is going to make turns awkward which is kind of the benefit that you get mm -hmm. out of this. I think you're going to see this a lot. I, I think yeah. that you probably see it a lot more than you see Obsidian Statue because it's easier to slot into a deck and it, it mm -hmm. is a removal and you see how ubiquitous Spider Bomb is in the Death Rattle Hunter. Now, granted, you have Death Rattle Activators, but 
even then just sometimes just having it on the board especially if you can give it taunt with a with a like a defender of argus or something like that this has taunt they have to go through it yeah. so that that kind of makes it more valuable there as well I think it's just really going to have a similar effect to Sludge Belcher at the end of the day for Priest. And then anything that's able to copy. I mean, even the little faceless uh, or shadowy figure that we talked about. It's, yeah. it's great if you just copy this from that. I don't think it's worth running shadowy figure for that. But this being as good as it is, I think is is uh, is key for that. Give it a four in Constructed. Yeah. I honestly kind of want to go five in Arena. Why I think, it, yeah, I think it's great in Arena. I mean, yeah. it's understated, but it's going to have a lot of you know, a lot of impact. And I think in, in constructed, you also, again, you, whenever you're looking at a death rattle minion, you have to look at how does it work with reckless experimenter? Yeah. And I think that, you know, seven mana blow up a minion is pretty good. <laughs> you, you take that, yep. right? So, um, especially if it has more than seven attack. Um, so evil constrict, evil conscriptor is our first common. It's a two mana, two, two death rattle, add a lackey to your hand. I, this is, this is fine. I, I think we kind of need to see how, useful the lackeys are i don't think priest really has a lot i mean they're they're nice they're they're all mm -hmm. good i guess we should talk about lackeys right because this is the first oh yep the first yep, lackey card that we're talking about mm -hmm. so those are all there's a there's a set number of lackey cards that are all one mana minions that are usually one ones though i think there's just a vanilla two two that have different battle cry effects like discover a spell um give a minion was it plus one in rush plus one attack in rush um there's a couple of other, like do two damage i think is one and i forget what the fifth one is Oh, Evolve a Minion, right? Yep, that's um, it. So, they're, you know, they're useful effects. They're good for one mana. I guess the question is, how much are you going to make use out of them? Is it going to be enough to put this into a Constructed deck? I I would think of better things. I mean, unless you're really doing a Tempo Priest, which we've not had outside of Spiteful Summoner, I don't know how you're working this into a deck where you wouldn't want other things. But... Um, in Arena, this is probably great. I mean, it's a 2-2 that's going to give you a 1-1. You're getting 3-3 worth of stats. Well, I mean, you're getting 3 mana for 3-3 worth of stats and a Battle Cry, um, which is probably worth it, all things considered. It's not hard to, to trigger that. Yeah. And the Lackeys generally Plenty. have good effects. But in Constructed, I'd have to see a reason that I really want to get Lackeys or I really care about having, like, a, you know, critical mass of Death Rattles to, exactly. to make me play this. Yep. And, and you know if you've been following these sets, like, Rogue is the only uh, class right now that has a reason to play Lackeys. So, to me, it's like, I, I don't, like, I get why they're making them, and they have said that as the year goes on, they will add to the Lackey pool. So, I would take that to also mean, by extension, they're probably going to print some other cards that give you Lackeys or trigger with Lackeys or something like that. So, this may end up being better in the future, but... For the two mana slot for Priest, I just always come back to if Shadow Ascendant didn't work, I don't yeah. know what could work in the two slot for Priest, honestly. So I'll probably pick this every time I'm playing Priest in Arena, but for uh, for Constructed, I would say it's probably a, it's probably its stat line. It's probably two. Yeah, I think it's a 2-2. Two, two. I mean, your, your, your two-drop in Priest very often is a hero power on Northshire Cleric. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so or on the opponent's face if you're like, really good. Well, so. I mean, you know, that's if you got your your good priest BM game on. You know? <laughs> and and in arena, yeah, I, I would say it's a four. Probably. I think it's a four. I mean, that's going to be a pretty good two drop, and getting lackeys is probably going to have a lot of value in arena. Cool. All right, next one is Hench Clan Shade Quill. He is a four mana four seven. Whoa, those stats! But he has the death rattle. Restore five health to the enemy hero. So we've seen this on Zombie Chow that was in Naxxramas. That was a one mana two three. 
And Zombie Chat was amazing because it had the same death rattle, but because it was a one mana card, you would just slap it down on turn one and you wouldn't go face. You would just trade into anything your opponent had. And essentially the death rattle just didn't do anything with a four mana creature. That's tougher to do because well, it would be tough to do, I guess, if you're playing an aggro priest, which I haven't seen the cards for aggro priest to come back. So I've been really high on this card, not just for the silence priest shenanigans that we've seen, but just as an insanely huge minion to get at that point. And by the way, if you resurrect it, it's really not that bad later on in the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I I guess the tough thing is I don't see a tempo priest deck really coming into effect but this card is so strong, I think that it is going to find a place regardless. Yeah, this is. I was playing this in again in the Tavern Brawl today, and this was a featured card in that. And this card is amazing. This is my second favorite Hedgehog after Sonic. <laughs> and we can't get Sonic in in Hearthstone. I no. don't think there's crossovers. So. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that would be a little bit too much. But this this card really, really is. I mean, four seven is a lot of butt. It's a lot yes, of butt, <laughs> and and it trades off like forget about tempo priest right like forget about just like hitting your opponent in the face. How many trades do you think you get off of something like this? Just trading off opponents mi- opponents minions. Like you work hard to get like a twilight drake. Like that was often the four drop of choice in priest because you get a big a big health stat. And th- this is not vulnerable to silence like twilight like twilight drake is. Right, and right. you want a uh, you know an early game minion with a big butt because your hero power is healing. So you want to be able to heal that and get additional value off of it. And this did that in spades. It was really, really good. I think this is going to be a staple of priest for a very long time. And again, your that the death rattle in the early game is more or less irrelevant because mm-hmm. you're not going face with this. You're using this to trade off your opponent's minions. And then by the time that you're healing them, they're probably still at high health. And then you start hitting them in the face. And uh, there's also, there is a, uh, you know, a corner case usage where you do have Akanai Soul Priest and Akanai Phantasm. Yes, exactly. Yep. And and I was actually theorycrafting. I was talking to Duin, who, who's part of Team Run, One Trick, and he's kind of a kindred spirit of mine. And then he likes, <laughs> uh, you know, pretty much the most convoluted combos possible. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I was theorycrafting in Wild, a deck that uses... Basically, this and Zombie Chow and Corrupted Healbot to kill them off, and then resur- there's a there's a ten mana combo that I think you can do up to thirty two damage depending on what rolls you get off of a Twilight's Call. Holy cow! Yeah, because you so you kill them all off, and then you play Spirit Singer Umbra, Akanai, Fan- I, I not even Akanai Phantasm. You play a Radiant Elemental, and then Embrace the Shadow, which is the spell version of Akanai Phantasm, mm-hmm. and then you Twilight's Call. And then, which which will do the damage to the opponent as they get summoned from the Umbra. And then you either Circle of Healing or Spirit Lash, and then they do another damage. And if you get two heal bots off of that, that's 32 damage. But you yeah. also have enough redundancy between the Zombie Chows and the Shade Quills now to be able to do at least, like, 24 um, you know, fairly consistently. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. And, and even without that, like, I mean, I, well, let's not breeze past the fact that most... Like classic priest decks will run Akanai Soul Priest oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. Even even just one copy or something, you've got a chance of this not only being way overstatted, but also dealing damage on top of that. That's insane. But even if 
you trade this into two minions, which is very reasonable. You could even get three minions off of this. Yeah. That's worth restoring five health to your hero for the for the game. I have to urge you because I'm sure there's at least a few of you out there who from the beginning of us talking about this card, you just had it set in your mind that this is a bad card because of its death rattle. That is a trap, I promise you, okay? Yeah. So if if you were sort of not listening to us, go back and listen to us because <laughs> I promise you're going to see this card a lot. It's going to be strong, and I, I don't know why you would dust a common, but you should not yeah. dust it. I, fives across the board, I think. Yeah, I think clear. so. I mean, I think that we've seen a number. We, we just rattled off almost all of them, and I think the only one we didn't mention right now was Mistress of Mixtures that have had oh, yeah, yeah. this effect on it or, or even, like, Refreshment Vendor. Like, any time mm-hmm. oh, that... Yeah, yeah. You know, anytime there's been a card like this that's been overstatted with an effect like this, it has seen a lot of play. Mm-hmm. So I would say this is probably one of the best. Like, I, I've seen some people saying Priest is in a bad spot. It's not, I mean, compared to where it was, yeah, of course it is. Sure. This is it's still a rags to riches kind of, you know, kind of journey, but it got some really good tools in this set. I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited about it gonna be good um so the last one i'm a little less excited about which is unsleeping soul uh four mana spell silence a friendly minion then summon a copy of it so there is a, a use case for silence priest which is kind of an archetype that's coming back again where you get cards with this type of effect or you know cards that can't attack and then you summon them for really cheap and then you use cards like this in silence and uh there are a couple of other silence effects that are in neutral commons and then you make them attack and you beat your opponent about the, about the head and shoulders with it i i I don't like that archetype as much in a world without shadow visions because generally those archetypes are relying on things like getting silence silence cards like this and a lot of them and getting um getting things like uh like divine spirit inner fire out of your deck but you know I'm not convinced this is a bad archetype and if it's a good archetype I think you will run this but I'm not convinced that that archetype is a thing this card I think is enough for well it's certainly enough for people to try it out with right I mean, people are are excited about Silence Priest coming back because this card is so powerful. I mean, for four mana, you you always use Chillwind Yeti as sort of the standard of what you're getting off of it. But if you play uh, if you play on Sleeping Soul on you know the Shade Quill we just talked about, you get another four mana four seven uh, that and that's pretty good. There's a three mana five six neutral that fits into this deck. So if you get a five six with no downside. That's insane. Not to mention you're also making another creature have no downside also. So, um, and, and I think especially seeing this at the beginning of the year, this is only going to grow in power. Yeah. We don't have anything like, uh, what was the, the flower, the razor? Oh, uh, like a, yeah, uh, Humongous Razor Leaf. That's it. A three mana, four, eight that can't attack. Like, we don't have something like that that's just clearly just so yeah. good against this. But... I, I think people are going people are obviously going to try it and I think it's going to be strong maybe not tier one but I think it could easily fit into tier two and be good enough to yeah. see people rank up and even hit legend with so yeah um, I, I'll definitely argue a four if I think I think it's a four because like yeah I think it's a four because the deck that wants it is gonna make use of this and it's gonna make use of it a lot I just don't know if that yeah. deck is any good uh just keep in mind with this a copy means that if there's any damage on it, you're going to get that damage too. Don't forget. Oh that. yeah, no, that's important. I and, and molten reflection is another really good way of thinking about this also. So yeah, um, in in that case, it's pretty much a three. I think in arena, like it's yeah. okay. It could be fine. You'll pick it. Uh, yeah, I mean, silencing a minion in arena isn't always a bad thing. Not all minions have yeah. you have card text or card text that you care about. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, silencing a minion, you're you're basically copying a minion. Is it are you going to get four four mana's worth out of that minion? It depends on your draft. Yeah. All right. With that, we got through priests and we're almost at the first hour of this show. Wow. So, that's a record. That, that's okay. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the rogues. Heist Baron Togwag is the leader here he's a six mana five five and he reads battle cry if you control a lackey choose a fantastic treasure so if you're unfamiliar with the verbiage controlling a lackey means that you have a friendly lackey on the board and the fantastic treasure is a uh, a thing that we've seen before with uh Marin the fox is that the only t- or and uh it was i mean it was in the it was in the sing- the dungeon run too cuz i think that's what he yeah. got out of his out of his hero power do you have them in front of you or cuz i do uh no go ahead okay so the the four the four choices you have for the fantastic treasure are um Tolan's goblet which is a three mana spell draw a card fill your hand with copies of it uh, Golden Cobalt, which is a three mana six six taunt. Battle Cry, re- replace your hand with legendary minions. Uh, Wondrous Wand, which is a three mana spell, draw three cards and reduce their cost to zero. Or a uh, Zarog's Crown, which is a three mana spell, discover a legendary minion, summon two copies of it. So they're all pretty strong. Uh, the one that is probably going to see the most play off of this, I would guess, is the Wand, because getting getting three cards that are in your deck. And Rogue loves the synergistic combo cards and all that kind of stuff. Having them all cost zero is great. I will probably choose Discover Two Legendary or just get two copies of a Legendary Minion because that's just fun. But the question becomes, how valuable is that Fantastic Treasure? There really isn't a, at least I don't think there is like a consistent way to make this. Uh, really insanely good. It seems very similar to Marion the Fox to me, where you are gonna um, you're gonna get something that's impactful for the game. But I don't like to me. This is this is a card that's very strong in arena. But then then the problem is actually getting the lackeys. Getting a lackey shouldn't be a problem for Rogue with the cards yeah. that they got. Um, but I, I I was way more hyped on this card initially than I feel like I am today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the difference between this and Marion the Fox is that you get to choose which one you get. Sure. And, and that is a big difference because mm-hmm. Marin the Fox would give you a random one and it wasn't always good. And, you know, these are going to be more or less valuable depending on the on the state of the game. Like if you have a handful of cards that aren't good, aren't useful for you, then maybe the Golden Cobalt is better. If you have an empty sure. hand, maybe you want Tolan's Goblet because you just want to get a whole bunch of stuff to do. And anything that's in your deck is probably going to be OK as long as you're not getting like a nine mana card and filling your hand up with it. Um, you know, so it's going to it gives you more flexibility you know, you're going to have to hold a lackey, basically, because you want to play this on seven, play a lackey, and then play this. That That's how you're going to play this. So you're going to be mm-hmm. holding a lackey in your hand, and then you're going to be playing this. Is that worth what you're going to get out of this? I I feel like it might, but I also, it also is going to depend on how much work you're going to have to do to get lackeys into your deck, right? Like, because then you're talking yeah. about having to play, um, you know, two evil miscreants and probably two of the rats that are the two, the neutral... 2-2, two, because two, there's not a lot of ways to get lackeys. So mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be some draw RNG. Like, we thought when we saw this at first that there was going to be a lot more lackey cards, and there aren't. There's only going to be, like, two, like, basically four copies of cards that generate lackeys per class. So there's going to be some draw RNG, and this is going to be a dead hand, because you're dead card in your hand for some some period of time, because you're just not going to want to play it if you're not going to get that treasure. That's the whole point. Like, a 6 yeah. mana 5-5 five, five is not worth playing otherwise. And and don't forget the evil miscreant gives you two lackeys, I guess. Yeah. But but even with that, we're doing a lot of work to get a payoff that's good, but it's not 
it's not really helping your game plan necessarily. So I I kind of want to go three on this for yeah. constructed. How do you feel about that? I I, I want to give it a higher score, but I think you're right, and I think it's probably going to end up being one of these cards that gets cut like yeah. a couple weeks into when when um when you know decks start getting refined, and probably also with three in arena. Because yeah. again, if you have a lot of a lot of lackey generators, this is great. If you don't, yep. if you don't, you're never picking this. Yeah, six mana five five is not uh, not ideal. But yeah. I, I I do think that if you can pull this off in arena, it's much much better. Yeah. Um. Next up is tack tack Nas Whisker, which is a seven mana six six. Whenever you shuffle a card into your deck, add a copy to your hand. So I mean, we can all think of all of the different cards that rogue has to shuffle things into the into their deck you have um you have academic espionage we just talked about that i tried to mm -hmm. get this to happen i desperately <laughs> did um you know so you have academic espionage you have you know tag waggle scheme which we'll talk about you have uh lab recruiter you have uh baleful banker there's a lot of things that will shuffle cards into your deck shuffling cards into your deck is very slow because you're effectively not doing anything on the turn that you're doing it and a seven mana six six as i found out is very hard to get down and then get value out of it because this thing is going to be a lightning rod and it is yeah. going to get removed and if you can't actually shuffle something in on that turn like i had prep academic espionage in my hand and i ended up just having to play this on curve and hope that it was going to live because otherwise i was doing nothing for the rest of my turn right. and and that wasn't really an option and i just kind of played it and it got removed and then i was sad and I think that's kind of what this is going to be because I think it's going to be very difficult, even with preparation, to get something shuffled in on the same turn that you play this and then actually make use out of it. So it's actually the other shuffle card with this that has me worried, Togwaggle Scheme. And I, I still can't figure out the actual combination that makes me worried, but it's just the the fact that you will be able to do this that has me worried. Because you think about this, you play Technoz Whisker, and on turn eight or later in the game, you play uh, you play Togwaggle Scheme on any other minion that's on the board, and you will get copies of it in your hand. And I've been trying to think of, like, if I get six copies of a minion in my hand, is is there some way where that can be some insane combo deck that ends up uh, ends up breaking the game in half? Like I don't think we have that right now. Yeah, we do. It's called Pogo. It's called Pogo Hopper. That's exactly it. Um, but I guess but that, you that know, but I but I mean, here's the thing, right? Like we've used it. We haven't used this term on this on this episode yet, but we've used this in the past. This is win more. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Because like if you're let's say you're playing a Pogo Hopper deck. So Pogo Hopper, if you don't remember, it's. Uh, two mana, one, one, that every time you play, it gets plus two, plus two What for every other Pogo Hopper you've played this game. Right, right. And so, you know, obviously you want to bounce it back to your hand. You want to shuffle them in your deck. You want to get a lot of them out, right? So let's say that you stick a Pogo Hopper, right? And then you your opponent passes, and then you're able to have eight mana and play Taznaz Whisker into, into Togwaggle Scheme. And Togwaggle Scheme has been in your hand long enough that it matters, right? You probably won that game anyway. Because mm -hmm. you you were able to stick a pogo hopper and hold a car a dead card in your hand and we'll get to Togwaggle scheme. Maybe we should just talk about it now. But sure. you're you know, but you're gonna have a, a card in your hand for multiple turns that you're not able to play, and then have eight mana to be able to do this all in one turn. Like you probably didn't need the Taz Nas whisker to win, 
right? That's like fair. you probably were going to be doing other things that were going to end up. You were probably so far ahead in that game that it didn't matter, and you're probably winning that game anyway. So I guess the what? Fa- yeah, sorry. Go the ahead. The only thing is that the fact that it like basically solidifies the game at that point because if you if yeah. you have a handful of, po- of pogo hoppers, pogo rope. Why do I? I want because because people call it Pogo Rogo is the. Deck. It's all sorts of names, yeah. yeah. Um, if you have a handful of those, then you're pretty much guaranteed to win at that point, uh, as long as your opponent's not yeah. just insanely aggro. So I don't know. There there could be th- this effect is potentially powerful. I think, uh, and as we see it right now, there's not really a way to to take advantage of it. But I I would probably argue a three on it at least. Yeah, I I mean I want to give it a two. But I think three is probably prudent, but it's, I mean, at worst, the seven mana six, six, but I, I, you know, again, like I'm not disagreeing with you that if you do that, you solidify the game. But what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is that basically any other standard legal card would probably solidify, would probably win the game for you at that point anyway, because you probably have the game well in hand if you're able to pull that off. My counterpoint is that we are entering into a year where there's a lot less strong things so yeah. maybe something like this is something that actually ends up being stronger than it seems because maybe. you don't have those typical yeah. just kill it I, I i agree with you that it's the prudency that makes me want to give it a three at least right yeah now. And, and it's definitely a two in arena because like yeah, how many yeah. things are you shuffling in arena so we'll go we'll get back to togwaggle scheme then because i think we can just go and keep going in order Okay, uh, unidentified contract. This is our throwback for uh, what was that? Cobalts and Catacombs, uh, and it is a six mana epic spell. It reads: Destroy a minion gains a bonus effect in your hand. If you're unfamiliar, when you draw unidentified contract, it will gain one of four different uh, different bonus effects, and they are deal its damage to adjacent minions, summon a one one assassin with poisonous and stealth, add two coins to your hand. Or add a copy of destroyed of the destroyed minion to your hand. So this is sort of our new Vile Spine Slayer, essentially in standard. Vile Spine Slayer was insane, and this is still good, I would argue, because just being able to delete a minion is fine. Assassinate is a five mana for that. I wish that I were getting that body because I think that's what made Slayer so good. But basically, the only unidentified cards that it saw play from uh, from Cobalts and Catacombs were ones where pretty much every other effect is good, right? Yeah. And or or if you're odd paladin, you just need a three mana weapon, I suppose. But uh, but I really like all of these. I could see all of them potentially being fine. I might be most uh, upset with deal its damage to adjacent minions if I'm playing against somebody who's not playing minions. But other than that, I think all of these are going to are going to help you out with whatever deck you're playing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, it's it's getting more value than an assassinate, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, prep is a card. So prep yep. preparation will make this better. Um, and all the again, all these effects are good. I mean, even the two coins in your hand, I mean, that makes it basically four mana that it's like reverse overload, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending add a copy of the destroy minion depends on what it is, basically. Um, cause some, I can tell you from having played very little of Holy Water because it's a bad card that you often don't <laughs> want those minions in your hand. You, sure, you want sure. your own minions, but I, even so, right? Like, I think that, you know, all those effects are situationally good and it's a, it's a decision between that and walk the plank. And I feel like this probably makes the cut more than walk the plank. That is. Yeah. It's probably forced across the board. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I yeah. mean, removal in arena is just generally good. Like hard removal is very good. So mm-hmm. you, you don't, you don't really, uh. You know, you don't turn your nose up at that, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Waggle Pick 
is a fun thing to say. It is also <laughs> and and it's a slightly concerning thing to say. Also, it I'm is not, not, not excited that this exists. <laughs> um, so it's a four mana four two weapon death rattle. Return a random friendly minion to your hand. It costs two less. So effectively, this is shadow step on a stick or or shadow step on a pick. I suppose if you want to. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I love it. Um, I I really hate this card. I really think this is so bad. And I I. I, I was listening to our friends at Coin Can See today, and and our good friend Bodicus was super high on this card, and I love Bodicus to death, and I do not understand where he's getting there, because I th- I feel like Shadow Step is good, right? So mm-hmm. you're getting Shadow Step on a four two weapon, but a four two weapon is okay for four mana. I mean, Death Spite was also a four mana four two. Mm-hmm. And so is True Silver Champion, but those also have, you know, beneficial effects. But I think the problem with this is that you have to be basically just have one minion on the board that you care about shadow stepping when you play this, which you're not often going to. Like if you've ever played Death Rattle Rogue and had a Necrium Vile trigger on the wrong minion, it ha- or not not Necrium Vile, uh, Necrium Blade trigger mm-hmm. on the wrong minion, it happens a lot. And you have to be, it, it kind of limits your plays going forward. And you also introduce a potential liability with this, with this card, because if they ooze it, they also get to sap a minion and you may not want that minion to get sapped, or it may not be beneficial for you to do that at the, on, on that turn. So like, I don't understand why when shadow, when shadow step exists as a zero mana card, why you would play this. Because it gives you more tempo. Um, because I, you know, and I, I, I know your feelings on shadow step, Steve. So I know, yeah. I know you're not trying to defend that card. Either. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I, I think that like, okay, so I actually ran into a rogue today that was running shadow blade and I ran into a couple yesterday that were running it also. That card's been seeing some play and it's, it's yeah. rotating out. So this actually gives you something, I think. Um, that might actually be able to deal some, some stuff on the board or some damage on the board and get you extra value out of your cards. I mean, Death Rattle Rogue's the perfect example of a deck that's fine with just having one minion on the board. And I know that this is, you know, we don't have a combo deck necessarily that would do that. But I think if I can, even if I can like trade my Edwin into something and uh, and get some good value off it and then get it back in my hand to remake it into an 8-8 or something next turn, I'm, I'm happy with that. So I... I don't know if I'm, if I'm as far as Bodicus on that, but I certainly don't think it's trash either. And yeah. and the ooze the ooze argument you have to put to the side because like Twig of the World Tree still got played. Uh, pretty much anything that gets ooze still still can see play and still be good. Well, and, yeah, but I mean that those those arguments fell apart for things like Skull of the Minari and Twig, where those were basically your win condition, like single handedly, right? Like <laughs> like that. Granted, I agree with you. Like, you can't just say, well, this could get oozed. Like, I, I, that's not an argument. But right. I, what I'm not saying is this can get oozed. I'm saying when this does get oozed, because it will, it's going to be an additional liability beyond just losing the weapon. It's also mm-hmm. going to be removing a minion. There's an additional risk there by having yep. this up on the board if you're not immediately removing it. And, and like, again, I get that we have, you're going to run a weapon in a rogue deck because Raiding Party is a good card and Raiding Party mm-hmm. gets, gets value. Because you have a weapon in your deck, I feel like that weapon's going to be Spectral Cutlass most of the time over this. 
because yeah. because Rogue's going, and we'll see it in a minute, in much more of a Burgle direction, and Spectral Cutlass is both a safer card and gets more value than this overall. Yeah. You're 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 right about those things. I just think it's still gonna find its way. Sometimes. It's probably it'll it'll be in a deck. It'll be and, used. And, 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 and I really think that the downside of triggering on a minion you don't want is not gonna happen very often. Like I I, I think there are yeah. very few minions that Rogue runs that they're not happy. Maybe they would have preferred something else. But even if it's a Southie deckhand that they just get for free, that's fine. You know, yeah. at least I get to use it again and charge face. Yeah, I don't think it's so. I don't think the argument is so much that it's going to happen. I think that it's going to make your plays awkward to prevent that from happening. And I think that's yeah. where the, that's where the downside is. It's not even uh, the, it's not it's not so much that it will happen. It's that you know it will happen, and then you will play awkwardly to prevent that from happening. It's going to end up doing more harm for you than good in the long run. I don't think you're so concerned about it hitting the wrong minion that you that you stop yourself from playing something else, though. I think this could even fit in a pirate deck just fine. Yeah. Like Dreadful is the thing I don't want it to hit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, because you know, Hench Clan Thug is the counter to that, right? You really don't want this to hit a hench clan thug. Oh, oh no. Well, I I mean, if it's starting to trade, if they're like, because you can just think of it as you get that, you get a fresh copy of that minion, essentially. If they, if they ooze right after you played it, then yeah, you don't want it. No, you're going to swing with this and it's going to bring the hench clan thug back to your hand. The second time. Well, yeah, but then, you know, that's a hench clan oh, thug. Then, that you, you could... then you're just stuck, I guess. Yeah. yeah okay. That's that's a good point. Okay, I'm still gonna argue a two for it. I, I think I a think two is fine. I'm fine with a two. I, I don't want to go higher than that, but two is fine. And and this in is, arena is much better. Yeah, I'd say maybe. I don't. I don't know about much better. I'd probably go up to a three. Okay. Like you know, again, the the value you're gonna get off that is minimal. It is a good. It is a weapon, and weapons are good in arena because they give you initiative. And arena is all about having initiative. So there there is more value in arena, and you'll you'll be able to be less of a less picky about it. Oh, well, that's the perfect way to close out that conversation. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even try for that one. Uh, oh, that, oh was, that was just perfect. That was okay, Togwaggle Scheme. One mana spell. Choose a minion. Shuffle one copy of it into your deck, and it upgrades each turn. So for every turn that you have Togwaggle Scheme in your hand, it will be one mana. Uh, shuffle two copies of that minion into your deck, or three copies. So it's important to note, it says choose a minion. Uh, most of the time, this is probably going to be a friendly minion, though, because you want it to be controllable. But on the off chance that your opponent has something just insane, sure, you can put copies of it into your deck. Uh, there was a card called Gang Up, I think in Blackrock Mountain. I believe that, so, yeah. That was a two-mana rogue spell that shuffled three copies of a friendly minion into your deck. And that card has seen play in Mill Rogue for a long time. Uh, where in Wild they have Cold Light Oracle, and this card's pretty scary in my opinion alongside that. But here in Standard, we just don't have much to take advantage. Now that was before we saw Tac Nas Whisker, which all of a sudden, okay, now you're not only just shuffling it into your deck, but it can also get into your hand. I still don't know, like, this is a card that people tend to get very excited about very quickly, but then once you try it out... I put a bunch of stuff in my deck and I have no way to get it, especially with Elven Minstrel rotating out. Like we don't, if, if we had that card, I might think that this was at least functional, but without that, you're just sprinting or miracling, which are fine, uh, but aren't really going to help you. I don't think as much as you might think that they will. Yeah. And, and okay. So we're going to go through this logically because this is a very visceral card. 
and I saw a lot of people threatening to quit the game over this and and like it's let you know let's just talk about this rationally because the way you deal with a card like this is that you have to think about what are all the different scenarios in which I'm going to get it and what's going to be the floor and what's going to be the ceiling right so the ceiling is obviously you're holding this from turn one and you get something amazing on like turn eight and you shuffle eight copies of it into your deck and then you somehow have like a sprint or uh you know a witchwood pipers or whatever i don't know what you're gonna do you know we're already off to off off in fantasy land anyway right (laughs) um you know you're gonna do that and then you're eventually gonna draw all those things and it's going to be some sort of infinite value right and that first of all that's really slow because you're you're holding and because you're you're shuffling everything in and then nothing happens like you're paying one mana do nothing for this card on the turn that it happens you're you have potential energy right and then you need more cards to turn that into kinetic energy but the thing is that if you're holding it from the mulligan that is a card that you are not using to prevent yourself from dying which is going to be a real problem in a deck like this that is going to rely on slow value and a really slow burn and a big payoff after a number of turns. You're going to need a lot of tools to keep yourself alive. Rogue has a really hard time with that in general in these types of value decks. And if you're holding a card from a mulligan or even from turn two or turn three, that's one less card that you have to keep yourself alive. So so that's that's the best case scenario. The other scenario is you're going to top deck this. And if you top deck it, it is going to shuffle one copy of a minion into your hand, and then why aren't you just playing Lab Recruiter? Because mm-hmm. unlo- if you're not holding it for at least two turns, then Lab Recruiter was just a better card, and Lab Recruiter saw zero play over the past year, except in Quest Rogue in, in some builds. So, I mean, there is a there is an argument, well, you can run both, and you can. But ultimately, like, if Lab Recruiter, if this effect was that scary... Lab Recruiter would have been seeing more play and would see more play, and I don't think there's a way to do it. Now, you know, again, we're going to have a lower power level. Pogo Rogue could be a thing, but I don't think that this is going to cause the apocalypse. You need to get them out of your deck, and you just yeah. don't have that. So worth worth saying it is a cheap spell, and Rogue can take advantage of that, absolutely. So, okay, there's that. And um, I, I, I didn't quite hear if you said this or not, but with Myra's, after you play that, at least yeah. this puts stuff in you. So this in academic espionage could give you, uh, with the downside of Myra's is that you're going straight into fatigue and these two might make it so that you're not. So I, I just some... lived that this afternoon. <laughs> I and, lived and well, that exact go. scenario. <laughs> I saw it happen. It it will happen once in a while, but yeah. that was that was a game and that game does not happen that often. No. So there is there there is some very slight potential, but you don't need to be concerned about this by any stretch. I, th- I think it's a one in constructed, and you never pick this in yeah. arena. I think this is the one time we use it. We use a zero. Like you you just you don't need to. Like you, even, yes, I, oh I can take my my opponent's minion. Yes, and you may never draw it. Yep, exactly. Unless you do shuffle twenty five copies of it into your deck, then well, maybe you know you'll draw. If that game's going <laughs> that long, you're probably not going to care at that point. You just want yeah, the game that's to end. True. Um, Vendetta is a four mana rare spell that says deal four damage to a minion costs zero. If you're holding a card from another class, this is a very good card because, you know, rogue needs zero mana spells in order to do things like activate combos in order to proc things like gadgets and auctioneer to, um, you know, traditionally it will use questing adventurer to make them to make an Edwin bigger. There are a lot of use cases for cheap spells. This doesn't really ask that much of you because there are a number of burgle effects in rogue anyway. And some of them are even 
now starting to say from another class rather than from your opponent's class right. when you're generating them, which means that even in a rogue mirror, you're not as hosed. Though I can tell you, again, having played a rogue mirror with those deck, re deck recipe decks, it's still pretty bad if you're playing against a rogue. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Um, and I ended up having to play a vendetta for four mana, which is not what I wanted to do because of that. But, you know, other than that scenario, I think this is very good and this will see a lot of play. Yeah. I, it's tough for me because Wing Blast is so similar to this card, and that card hasn't seen a ton of play. I think that's because Flanking Strike is still yeah, around, but it, so. it, it, is, it will soon not be around. But I agree, the potential is definitely there. A zero-cost card is just insane. Uh, and even if you're paying four mana for this, it's not the worst thing in the word, world. Jade Lightning was fine, and granted, this can't go face, so you're sad about that, but... Uh, but but regardless, this is a flexible card that doesn't ask much out of you. I think it's fours across the board. Yeah, and and Wing Blast also asks you to do something that turn. This is just asking That's you to do true. something yep. ahead of time. Yep. Yeah, and, and in cool. Arena, it's good too. Yeah. It's going to be really good with this next card, Underbelly Fence. Uh, this is not an inanimate object. This is a person, and I'm I'm not sure why they're a fence. I, I don't I don't understand the name either. Anyway. But. Two mana, two, three, battle cry. If you're holding a card from another class, gain plus one, plus one, and rush. Steve, I saw you actually make the most intelligent um, point about this card, which I had not thought about, which is how this is such a well-designed card that can take advantage in the late game, but it's like fine as a vanilla minion. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of things that you're looking at, like, this. Is, the thing is that you're very rare, unless you're running Pilfer, you're never going to get this to activate on curve. This is going to be a 2-mana two 2-3 two, on curve if you're playing it, which means you're probably not going to play it on curve. Um, you're Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, going to, you're going to save that. But, I mean, this is a 2-mana a 3-4 with Rush if you have it a card from another class. And then you're able to, you know, remove and then potentially have a minion stick around and then keep going. Now, there the question is, if you can't play it on curve, well, how good is it? And, and I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. And, and the more that I'm seeing it, the less... I am excited about it, especially once you start filling out that deck. Like I, again, I theory crafted a tempo rogue, a, a tempo burgle rogue. And I ended up leaving those out because really, yeah, I ended up getting to the point where I had to fit so much stuff in that I wasn't seeing the value of it compared to some of the other stuff that I had to put in. I should actually bring that up because I should see what else I was having to work in. But I was, I was having a lot of, a lot of trouble actually with, the number of things you need, because you need a lot of different pieces. You need the combo cards. You need mm -hmm. the burgle cards. You have to have some way to actually end the game. And I ended up, you know, just not being able to have the room for the for those in the deck. And and this is theory crafting. This isn't even like trying <laughs> right. it, right? Like this is just like I'm just trying to come up with a coherent list, and I don't even have room for it. I mean, like so, you know, like I, you've got things like you know, like you have to run Hench Clan Thugs. You got to run Raiding Party. You got to run a weapon for the Raiding Party. You have to run Pirates. You have Blink Fox. You have Hench Clan Burglar. And then you're running the cut list for the raiding party because that's the payoff for it. And then, like, once you're done with all that, I just didn't have room. So my my pushback is going to be, we talked about how Vilespine Slayer was assassinated on a stick. This is like Frostbolt on a stick without the freeze, and it only hits a minion. But I, there's so many times you hit minions with Frostbolt, just dealing three damage for two is great. And then you have a three attack... Uh, two health, three health, one health minion on the other side of that. I mean, 
You're not. You're I, not saying I, anything I don't already know I, I, that I, I didn't consider, <laughs> no, right? Like, true, like true, I, true. I, I was. I started with it in the deck, and I ended up having to cut it. And it's like, am I playing this instead of Eviscerate? No. Am I playing this instead of Sap? No. Am I playing this in, instead of SI Seven Agent? No. And I guess then, the tough thing is that Rogue just doesn't need uh, something that's that's low cost that can deal some damage. Yeah, I mean that's what it kind of comes down to. That there's so many other options for it that aren't conditional. That I ended up cutting it from the list, so I, that's why I'm going down to a three on it. Like I think that it's, I think it looks really great, but when you actually try to fit into a deck, it actually it it seems redundant. I I feel like it's too premature to to say that yeah. you can't or that it's hard to fit into it. I like I get it with theory crafting and everything, but I'm not going to go lower than a four on this just because like even I mean, even yeah. if it's just good in a vacuum, I like in a vacuum it's a five because there's just basically no right. downside and it's not hard. To, to trigger but I, I can definitely get there mentally to think with all of the tools that Rogue has maybe this just isn't good enough because it's not deal for damage to anything or remove a, you know remove a minion so I, I still think it deserves a 4 though yeah I mean I'll, I'll reluctantly go up to a 4 I mean that's the difference again this is we, we talked about this a little bit ago this is where evaluating it and constructed is is different than arena because in arena i mean in arena you're not going to give it a, you're probably going to give it a three because it's a it's a decent two mana two three that maybe has some upside um but you know it, it's not a matter of you always have to fit a card and construct it into a 30 card deck and then it comes up to you're comparing it against other cards that you need to fit in now again you know this time next year would that be a different conversation maybe Right, because you don't know what other what other cards we're going to have, and we're going to be losing things like like Blink Fox and Raining Party, which means that 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 deck will be built a lot differently. Um, yeah, cards cards that are in the first set of the year just always have the most potential because you yeah. never know how much easier it's going to be. I mean, if we had Swashburglar still, then un then all of a sudden it's pretty easy to get something really early on in the yeah. game. So yeah, I, th I think a three is fair though because yeah. it is tougher to pull off there. Yeah. Um, evil miscreant is a, uh, three mana one, five combo add two random lackeys to your hand. So again, this is going to depend on how, how important Togwaggle is, because again, we, we didn't know when we, this was one of the first cards we saw, I think it was like in the initial batch. Yeah, yeah it was. And mm -hmm. we didn't know how many of these lackey cards we were going to get and how, what the payoff was going to be. Now we know, but I think that maybe later on, this is going to be more valuable with as few lackey generators as you have. I'm not sure that you're going to try to build a deck around this yet. The reason I'm really excited, like not only do you get two, but basically all of the lackeys really do well with this card. Yeah. If you can give it plus one attack and rush, that's pretty good. If you, uh, if you evolve it, I think that might be the best one because you, a one five body just isn't really anything on its own. But, uh, but into a four cost minion, yeah, that's great. I got, you know, I got value yeah. in my hand and stuff. And the other big thing is, even if you're not like playing lackey rogue or something, you might still want those lackeys just to activate your insane combo cards that rogue has also. So I think this card has a lot of potential because I also think that the lackey cards we're going to see the rest of the year are only going to get more powerful. I just... I, I don't know why they would hold back on cards unless they were going to be better later on in the year. Yeah. So I, I I'm pretty high on this card, but it's not for the necessarily the initial value. I, I just think that this is really going to grow and become strong. I, I would say maybe now it's a three and later in the year, it'll be a four. I'd be fine to land on either of those with you. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a three for right now with, with upside just because 
Like, I think this is going to be a card eventually. I don't think it is right now. I don't think you're going to see a lot of play with this right now. Um, just because the payoff isn't there. And again, this is not, this is a three drop you're not playing on three, right? Like, yeah. without like a coin or something like that. I, I right. and uh, like, are you playing this instead of SI7 Agent? I'm not. No, yeah, no. You know, I mean, like, there's already combo cards that you're playing at three. Like, you're, you're playing Raiding Party and SI7 Agent and Edwin at three. You're playing Hench Clan Thug at three. Like, there's a lot of contention for that spot. I don't think this makes the cut. Yeah. In Arena, it's a little bit better, I would say, um, especially because yeah. those lackeys, again, you can use to trade up and stuff like that. I, I'm i waffling between a three and a four on that. I also. think it's probably a four there because, I mean, again, one five does a decent amount of trading in the early game with, with you know, early, early minions. And the lackeys are powerful on their own. It's just that in a constructed deck, they may not be powerful enough for you to build around them. But in Arena, those effects are all good. Yeah. And a combo isn't that hard to get to, to pull off eventually. It shouldn't be. Yeah. I at, at least you probably didn't draft your arena deck quite well, or you really, really have some bad options. But yeah. All right. Hench, Hench Clan Burglar is a four mana, four, three pirate, and it reads Battle Cry, discover a spell from another class. They've mentioned that they are kind of going to go away with this whole. Uh, get cards from your opponent's class because the mirror doesn't feel great. So this is how we're going to see these uh, these effects in the future. Discover a spell from another class. So anything other than rogue. So this is the new piloted shredder. And instead of a two-mana minion, you get to discover a spell. The tough thing is like judging what the like how valuable those spells are because there are obviously plenty of bad spells in the game. You don't know which class is going to be from, although you didn't know that when you were playing Burgle Effects in the past anyway, because your opponent could be anything. Uh, I, I feel like this is pretty strong, especially with the pirate tag that really goes up another level because pirates are very synergistic and Rogue already is having a great time playing all of the pirates. I I, I struggle to, to think if this is really going to find a place. It really is a matter to me of whether there's consistency in that spell being worth your time. If you could discover a rogue spell, I feel like this would be really strong. But it being uh, another class is probably just balanced. There are times you'll get something great, and other times that you'll get three that really don't help your case. Yeah, I, I think that the different the thing is, though, I don't think you care. You don't care what that what that spell is. You care that it's from another class. Because, again, you're activating things like like um vendetta you're giving durability to a spectral cutlass mm -hmm. like you're you're using it for the fact that it's from another class sometimes it will give you more value than others but ultimately the just the fact that it's from another class has value in the way that that rogue's going to be building you know some sort of like a, a miracle style rogue sure. going forward and and the other thing is that rogue really needs four drops Rogue lost mm -hmm. its main four drops in rotation, which are Faldorai Strider and Elven Minstrel. So there's a big gap there. That's a good I, point. Yeah. I mean, you have Ticket Scalper, but the fact that it's giving you a, giving you a spell from another class, the fact that it's a pirate that can get pulled from Raiding Party and Raiding Party can curve into this, mm -hmm. and then the fact that it's a four drop when Rogue really needs four drops, I think this is going to, at least for now is going to be a staple for Rogue going forward. Yeah, I think you're right. It makes me sad that it doesn't synergize with Hook Tusk, unfortunately. But even even then, getting a rushing 4-3 is not nothing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, though, that a, a pirate Rogue deck that doesn't bank on Hook Tusk and just has strong minions in the early to mid game like this is going to be even better. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I would say it's probably Forest across the board. I think so too. But... I mean, I think it's a fine card for Arena. It just stands on its own. It's fine. And I didn't know Cobalts could be pirates, but I guess. Oh yeah, the... there was that one in in um in the dungeon run, right? Who was the, he thought he was a pirate? Oh, is this him? I don't know if it's him or not, oh, but okay. there was the one that gave everything <laughs> charge. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought he was a pirate. I don't know if he actually was one or not. <laughs> maybe this guy thinks and is somehow passing off as it. I don't yeah. Know. Um, or maybe he became a pirate in his daring escape, which is a one mana spell Yay! that returns all friendly minions to your hand. That's why I keep you around. I, I do what I can. I try to <laughs> I try to earn that Patreon money. But uh, <laughs> I, this, this is eh. this is eh. like, yeah, again, like if you're playing a pogo rogue, maybe you do this. G- good luck to you um vanish is valuable because it removes your opponent's minions this mm-hmm. is basically wiping your board and starting over and if you have a reason to do that then that's fine but generally those types of rogues have not done super well and and it's, this is at least cheaper it's good mm-hmm. i mean it's basically like a one mana mass shadow step but are you re- i mean how many minions are you going to be shadow stepping at once like if you have that big of a board wouldn't you rather just keep the board with that initiative Maybe the one, the one keyword in this game that constantly gets taken advantage of is, do you know? All charge. Mm, yeah, maybe. And, and here's the thing, like with South Sea deckhands, which are still very much a card. I'm wondering, I like, I guess the most you can get out of playing both of them and then this and playing them again is eight. So that's not anything to be concerned about. With a couple of cold bloods, now you're talking 16. Uh, that's And that's not anything to balk at. I, I wonder if those things are there that this card might see some play. Um, but, but I agree, like, basically that's the only instance I can think of where this is really going to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 technically, I guess it could just be two more copies of Shadow Step into your hand that don't actually make, uh, make it cheaper. Because if Keliseth were still sticking around, I, I, I think I would still want to play Daring Escape with him. Um, I, yeah, uh, but I mean, how many, how many copies of an effect like this can you, can you spend slots in your deck for? No, that and that's a really good point too. So it's okay. It has yeah. it has some potential, I would say, as long as there are charge minions in the game. But I I probably say two. it's a two. Yeah, yeah, it's a two, and it's like a one in arena, and that's probably yeah, being generous. Okay, okay, so we're halfway through our three hour mark, and uh, we are not halfway through these cards. Well, so. we'll, we'll we'll get faster because a lot of these are a lot of these are all uh, you know. Fi- fish swimming in the same pond as it were <laughs> but we don't we don't have to slow down with this next card because this one's a lot of fun go ahead yeah. and uh, okay. go ahead and read it this so one. swamp queen hagatha which is one of the five legendaries i pulled today um is a seven out of five five battle cry add a five five heart to your hand teach it two shaman spells so you are basically taking a five five minion and then when you play it it also will cast those two spells think of it if you have been playing long enough like kazakis except that you get a body with it for sure. And th- this is, this is, I, I, it feels like it's like, this is the reason you're going to play any sort of a slower shaman deck. Like this is a no brainer. Like this is a really, really strong ability. I mean, the seven, mat- the, the cost up front is having to play the seven mana five, five to get the, the five, five horror. Mm-hmm. But like, not if you farsight Hagatha. Well, that's true, uh. but that you can't control <laughs> that, right? Like that's just, that's no. not going to happen all the time. But you know, if you can do that, then that is a really powerful ability and being able to take two shaman spells and play them at once 
it's, I mean, it's going to depend on what you get, but there aren't that many spells in the pool right now. And being able to put them both on and get a five, five on top of it for five mana later in the game is, mm -hmm. is amazing value. What I've heard is that one of those spells can be targetable and one of them will have all non-targetable spells. The first one could be targetable. If you pick a targetable spell at the first one, the second one will not be targeted. Targeted. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, this is a very unique card in so much as it is a, it looks like a lot of fun to play. And yet it doesn't necessarily like further along an archetype. Like the big thing I've been thinking about is that aggro shaman would love this because they can get lava burst. They can get bloodlust. They can get, you know, an extra copy basically of whatever they need to just close out the game at the end of it. But control shaman would love something like this too, because they can ancestral spirit something, or I mean, even ancestral healing may not be the worst thing in the game, you know? So I think that there's just, there's so much upside. It's, uh, it's an easy fives across the board. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's just a really flexible card. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how it gets used in practice, but I would imagine this is going to be in every, in every, mid-range to control shaman deck going forward cool next legendary is scargill a four mana four four murloc your murlocs cost one so this is a passive effect that just happens after you play scargill so i am really torn on this card and i, I know you're excited so well, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm kind of tempering my excitement too so i'm, getting, to, I'm okay. getting closer to torn yeah okay. and and here's what really tempered me on this is i got the murlocalypse uh uh, quest the other day so i was like oh, i'll play some quest shaman because that's rotating out and just pay homage and the thing i remembered from playing quest shaman is that during the middle of the game you really hit a rough point because your hand is empty and megafin has been great to be able to refill your hand and give you a ton of ammunition all of a sudden the reason i'm concerned about scargill because I, I i hope i don't have to convince you this is a very powerful effect is that I'm worried that you're not going to have the cards that you yeah. need in hand. And and really the only thing I can look at is the angler that we'll talk about a little later that has potentially infinite value. But I don't think that this is still like this will give you a little sliver of a chance to win, maybe, but I don't think it's just going to solidify the game for you. Yeah. I mean you're also gonna you're also have the Echo Murloc. Like that's also a thing that you can get with this. Totally. But again, yep. like how much mana are you going to have? Right. Like mm -hmm. this is a this is also a deck that is going to want to kill its opponent by like turn six or seven. Murlocs don't play control. No. Like in World of Warcraft, they don't play control. So <laughs> like you're talking very aggressive, typically, maybe mid range. I think like the thing I've been thinking of is, is if there's some kind of Murloc deck that really takes advantage of bloodlust. Then I could see this being a really important part, but I don't think the rest of the tools are there since ice fishing is going. If ice fishing were still around, if the quests were still around, I think Scargill would be fantastic. Um, and especially when you get him off some of the effects or something, you're never going to be upset with a 4-4 Murloc, you know, by any stretch that has a powerful effect. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sold on this. It's yeah. going to be fun, but I don't think it's going to be as good as people thought it would. I, I do wonder if it's just going to get cut. I think Murloc Shaman could be a thing. Yeah. I mean, the, there, and there are other tools that we will talk about that are making it viable. I don't know if you need Scargill for that. I, I, I would argue you absolutely don't need Scargill. And even if you have him, you're not so sure that you're going to put him in there. So right. I, I, my, my gut says he should probably be a three, honestly. Yeah. I, I, my, my heart says it should be higher, but I think the more yeah. I think about it, I think that the deck like this, it it needs to it needs to stick. Yeah. That's the uh, thing. It's yep. going to need to stick to the board, and it's never going to. 
So I think that for that reason, I think I'm with you that it's a three. And I mean, in, in arena, it's probably also a three, like a four out of four, yeah, four again, this is a legendary. So you're going to be put up against other legendaries that are just going to be actively bad. And then this will, this will be okay. Um, so for arena, it's probably a three also. A, a four mana finely statted creature is okay. It's, it's good on turn four. And even in the late game, if you're top decking it, there's worse stuff you could get. So. Yeah. So, um, muck morpher is fun to say. <laughs> yes. And he's Shutterwalk's cousin or yeah. something. Um, not so, actually. But. Yeah, it's very pretty in golden, by the way, because I got one in golden. Oh, oh, nice. Um, so it's a five mana four four battle cry. Transform into a four four copy of a different minion in your deck. So this is Shadow Essence. Essentially, uh, essentially, I mean, Shadow Essence costs one more, gives you a five five. This is a minion, not a spell, but that doesn't really matter unless you're talking about Mage Secrets. Yeah. Um, you know, if there, we have seen Shadow Essence in some cases be very powerful. And yeah. most oh, yeah. most of the time is not played. So you will need to have specific minions that are in this deck that you're trying to fish out, probably Maligos, that you're trying to put in with a, with Eurekas and everything else to get a very specific minion out of your deck and get a copy of it earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And even then, that's going to be, uh, you know, a gamble depending on how many minions you're putting into your deck, which is going to be not very many. It was just going to make it difficult to survive. But, yeah. um, you know, in a specific type of deck, I don't want to rate this too lowly because there will be decks that this will enable and it will be a critical part of those. Well, and, and and the critical part to the card text is that it's a different minion, right? When I first read this, I was like, oh, this can just transform into the second copy of my Muck, of, of Muck Morpher. Like, no, no, they thankfully they kind of dashed that one. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I what... The, the hard thing is, can you build a deck with two Muck Morphers and a Maligos in all spells? I think I think the clear answer now is no, but maybe there's a chance down the line that you can. And maybe there's something else like uh, Prophet Velen that makes its way into Shaman somehow uh, that actually makes that deck viable. I think it, it'll be fun to, to mess around with. It's a cool effect. And I love that they printed a Battlecry effect that doesn't work with Shutterwalk, essentially. But <laughs> It just shuts um, Shutterwalk down, is what it does, because it transforms. Yeah, I, I mean, I just thought every battle cry they make uh, is just going to make Shutterwalk better. This one doesn't, and it's a shaman card. So, um, so yeah, I would say it's probably a three in yeah. uh, in constructed in arena. It's probably uh, a two. I mean, it's it's an understated yeah. minion. Yeah, no, that's true. So, so yeah, I mean, it's by definition, it's going to be an understated minion. So it's cool. it's going to be a two. And I mean, even if you make a deck with two of these in Maligos and constructed, what happens when you draw Maligos? Yep. Like you have Eureka, but still it's like, is it just know. a, it's just itself, right? It's battle cry just wouldn't trigger. It, yeah. It would just, it, I mean, yeah, nothing would happen, I guess. But obviously that's not helping your game. Plans. Yeah. That's not, that's not great when you want it to be five mana and then start burning your opponent's face off. Yeah. All right. Witch's brew is a two mana spell restore four health repeatable this turn. So I'm, I am in the camp that I'm a little bit sad that they don't just put echo on this, yeah, but I get I, it. I, I get it. And it's important to remember unstable evolution was printed right before Witchwood and has the same text of repeatable this turn. So, and, and you know well, what, if they can distill echo down to a three word phrase, then maybe you don't sure. need the keyword. Why not? They did the same thing with enrage. So that's yeah. okay. Um, I'm looking forward to getting an Akanai soul priest somehow and just killing my opponent with this card. Yeah. Let's let's do that, but let's let's still play it because this is good outside of that. So with, with, with healing rain leaving, especially 
there's a place for shamans that want to want to go late in the game that this is this is a good effect um i i'm just not convinced that it's really like healing rain was better um i i think you're playing this because you have to play this in a in a in that kind of deck and you don't have anti-keel bots or any other way to do it you know well okay so you play control paladin back in the heyday right uh, yeah mm-hmm. how good was forbidden healing uh, it was pretty good. Okay, this is Forbidden Healing. Because, yeah, I mean, Forbidden yeah. Healing was was you spend all your mana, and then you heal two for every point of mana you spent. This is doing this is this is like... healing you at the same rate. This is actually better, because you don't have to spend all your mana, which means we talked about Forbidden Words earlier. You don't act, This doesn't actually have to be the last thing you do in your turn. You can do this, you can heal, and you can heal multiple targets with this. So you can mm-hmm. heal a minion, you can send the rest to your face... You can heal yourself for 20, which is a lot of healing. It and is. and you can split it up however you want. And you can split it up in ways that there may be sequencing reasons, like with something like a Light Warden or something, where you might want to change the the sequence of how you're doing it and, and do things in between. Or, you know, heal something and then trade and then heal it again. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of really powerful um applications for this that i mean healing rain was great it was three mana for 12 healing this is going to be a lot more mana you're spending but it also is very flexible and i think this is actually potentially better than healing rain was as a healing tool wow okay well it's restore four health so you talked me up to a four at least but are yeah. you going higher than that i no, i don't think it needs to go okay. up to a five but i i think okay. it could but i'm not going to go that high but i think for I think it's it's no lower than a four. I mean, yeah. again, Forbidden Healing was a staple sure. of Control Paladin, and it was a yeah. really, really powerful tool. And this is I, a lot of healing packed in one card. I think even then you only ran one copy, though. Yeah, um, you did. But, yeah, that's but, fair. But, but, like, but, like, but like you argued, this is more flexible, so it's just straight up better than that. Yeah, um, you may not need ar- to run two copies, but, you know, that one copy did work. Yeah. In Arena, this is just delaying the inevitable. So Yeah, I mean, you might pick it depending on what else you get offered. Um, I mean, you know, there is some, something to be said for being able to heal your minions and heal your face, but yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's probably closer to a two. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with the two on yeah. there. Um, Scheme is a five mana spell, uh, deal one damage to all minions, upgrades each turn. So yes, you could blow up a whole board of Malagis eventually if you hold it for that <laughs> long. Um, you know, everything that we said about Togwaggle's Scheme in terms of, you know, how it's going to be awkward is going to apply. And this is going to really suck when you top deck it. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. doing one damage to the board, I I I spent five mana on a Dragon's Fury that pulled in Arcane Missiles today. Oh, mercy. That was not a good feeling. Don't do that. No, 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 no. But that's what this is going to do when you top deck it. It's going to do five it's gonna be a five five mana one damage to the board, and that's going to be bad. So when you top deck it, it's gonna need a couple of turns to to ramp up. But again, your alternative is lightning storm right mm-hmm. now with volcano going so you probably will play this but uh, it's going to disappoint i think more than i think people are expecting yeah i you know the nice thing is just that typically you prepare for aggressive opponents if the class you're you're coming up against has an aggressive variant right so if you're playing any long game with shaman you'll know to hold hag at the scheme when you come up against warlock or when you come up against secret paladin or or something like that and in those cases on turn five this will deal five damage right to all minions and and so i don't know i go back and forth i it's it's strong and shaman needs something like this well with volcano leaving 
but it, but it, yeah, it. Def- I, I'd probably give it a three, honestly. You're, you're going to top deck this more than you're going to get into your mulligan. That's uh, just just statistically correct. Yes. So so more often than not, it is going to be an underwhelming, and it's going to need several turns to power up. Mm-hmm. And how often is that going to happen? You're going to need some pretty long games when you top deck this late. Yeah. No, it's true. So I think that's going to be a three. It'll probably be a three across yeah. the board because I mean, yeah. AOE's still good in arena. It's it's generally mm-hmm. good. It's not You'll as good as it, it used to be because of that. Yeah, but it's it's still good. Cool. Sludge Slurper is difficult to say, and it is a one mana two one Murloc minion. Battle cry. Add a lackey to your hand. Overload one. So one mana two one Murlocs. That's fine. It trades up. If you're playing aggressively, that's great because they want to go face also. Overload, there's not really a great way to take advantage of unless there's something I'm forgetting, which uh, I'm sure... Lick them and Thunderhead. Lick them, that's right. No, Lick them, well, Lick them especially because you just play that. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess you could coin it on turn two, potentially. Yeah, I mean, you, could, lack- coin, you could coin you could coin Lick them into this or you could play that. Yeah, you could play this and then coin Lick them. Either way, yeah. Or you, lackeys, just, or you just play them both on three. Yeah, the lackey's fine. Um, I, I've been struggling because I know that there are some pros that have gone out on a limb and say this is one of the best cards in the set. And I I just don't necessarily see the synergy. I think it's a good card. I just don't... I, I, yeah. I don't see how this game... Or how how tacking on a lackey in any way like makes this, uh, makes this that good. I, I, I mean, I listened to Appa this morning and he's really big on this card in an overload deck that's running Lickman Thunderhead. I... I'm I I can see it, but I don't I, I don't know. I'm always skeptical with Overload. I'm mm-hmm. always skeptical with Overload, and I've seen it. I've played with Thunderhead, and I know it's a powerful card. I've played with Lickum, and I know it's a powerful card. I have a hard time with Overload mechanics without something that's just clearly broken, like Tunnel Truck, being right. worth it a lot of the time. But I can see it this in this case, and I mean. Getting a 2-1 and a 1-1 for 3 mana, effectively, is reasonable. Um, Overload 1 is not as bad as, like, Overload 2 or Overload 3. It's not going to say... Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as you're not playing this on, you know, as a 1-drop, it's not that bad. Um, So I can see it, but I'm I'm not seeing the use case for it myself. I think I'm going with the 3 also. Like, I think that it's fine. I think in Arena, it's probably also a 3 because it's going to overload you, but it's also going to give you a Lackey, and again, Lackeys are going to be more powerful in in a in environment like arena mm-hmm. um but i'm i would have to you know see a deck specifically built around this and i don't think this is murloc shaman I, that's exactly what i was going to bring up i think i think this fits in an aggressive shaman but you would there are just so many really strong one cost murlocs that you don't cut for this so. and, and you want all that mana because you want to kill your opponent as quickly as possible you exactly. don't want to be overloading yep all right, next Murloc, though. Oh, boy. Underbelly Angler. Two mana, two, three Murloc. After you play a Murloc, add a random Murloc to your hand. Uh, this is a miracle effect, similar to Lyra or Gadgets and Auctioneer, or there's something else I'm thinking of that gives you a random something uh, um, whenever. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, and I can't place it either. But Anyway, um, regardless, this is a very, very strong card, and as I mentioned earlier with Scargill, I think that this is the potential for Murloc Shaman really being powerful. Because if you play this on curve on turn two, it's fine, right? Uh, your opponent is probably going to deal with it if they can, 
if they can't, then you're really excited about this. But what's great is that late in the game, all you need is this and one other Murloc in hand, and you can probably fill the board. Uh, you might get something insane. You, if you get that uh, that add two health to everything on the I, like, you get Murloc Warleader, you're happy. You get, uh, I, I guess you get uh, Billy. I can't remember his name. Murloc Raider, I think. Billy. Uh, you, yeah, that that's what Amaz called him back oh, in the gosh. day. I, I don't even know why. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just think this card is stupid. I if I I, yeah. I hope I don't need to convince any of you that there's a lot of potential with this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Murloc Shaman is a thing, it's good because of this card. I mean, even if you just get this with Ghost Light Angler, you can fill your hand for next turn and fill the board. Yep. Yeah. And and I mean that's the wombo combo. But yeah, I don't think we need to talk about this very much. This is a this what? is a really good card. It's if if Murloc Shaman is a thing, it will be because of this card. It's a five in that context. And it's because it fills a need, which is filling yeah. up your hand. So yeah, and, and even uh, in and arena, then, and, and, and it's it's yeah, a two mana two three. It's fine. It's a yeah. it's a three, and mm -hmm. you may you never need the text to go off, and it's probably okay. And if you ever yeah. get the text to go off, it's a bonus. Then that's yeah. And well, gosh, I'm probably looking favorably on Murlocs for the rest of my draft because I have this right. in there. Yeah. Because again, if I have them both together just one time. <laughs> then that refills my hand like crazy. So yeah, yeah, lots of potential there. Yeah. And and I mean, it's not the kind of thing like my, my infamous example of anything can happen when I was drafting with, with my wife and she convinced me to take that on turn one on, on pick oh, one. Yeah. And then we got offered oh, yeah. one Murloc for the rest of the, for the rest of the draft. But well, I mean, this is fine because even if you never get another Murloc, you'll still play a two mana two. Three yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. Um, Walking fountain is an eight mana four, eight with lifesteal rush and wind fury. And it is an elemental. I eight mana is a lot of mana. It is. No and question. it, you know, Alec here saw very little play outside of an even shaman. And that was because it was able to go face and was able to take advantage of things like, um, like what's the, the two mana spell. I can't remember now that earth and might that would, would pump up its attack even more and would be uh -huh. able to take advantage of things like, you know, flame, flame tongue totem and, and direwolf alpha this is not going face the turn you're playing it and then if it sticks you probably win anyway and if it doesn't stick then i mean it's going to be very good removal but i don't know if the kinds of decks that are going to want to play that are going to want to play an eight mana elemental without the payoff of calamos or blaze caller anymore if this had taunt oh yeah i would start taunt, feeling be better yeah. if this were a five mana two four with the same effects i would be feeling better this is just like Turn eight and later is a very precarious time to be investing so much. At, like, I, I feel like this is really good against aggressive decks, and turn eight is too late at that point. So I, I'm i really on the fence because I, I still think there's a lot of potential when you play this, obviously. Like, the soft effect is that you also gain eight health when you, you play this. You do. Um, but it's just it, – it feels like it's – even though it's strong, it's still too little too late. And it's going to take up your entire turn. And we have a lot of elemental synergies leaving the game uh, or leaving standard for now. Um, I, there's maybe some potential, but uh, this is probably going to fall in the same category as Stormwatcher, even though it's a much better card. It's kind yeah. of surprising to me. I mean, I mean, now that you're, talk, you're talking about it like that, I guess if you kind of think about it like UI, right? So this yeah. is eight mana, deal eight damage, gain eight life. Um, and you know, then you have some sort of a minion left over, mm -hmm. right? So maybe that's good enough. 
it, it when you start thinking about it in terms of like you know ultimate infestation type stats right but even then it's kind of a hard sell that late in the game i i it could i could see it seeing play um yeah, I, but i think I it's think probably it, a three if you can cheat it out if you can get a couple oh, yeah. of them like if those things happen there's a lot of potential there and and corpse takers unfortunately leaving but i i think that i mean you'd obviously put this in oh yeah, Storm yeah. and wild and wild this that, is much so. better than any of the yeah. minions you're using to activate i mean other than alakir you'd probably this run this with alakir you yeah. i could see you running this i mean it, even shaman slowed down a little bit with flame tongue going out i could see you putting uh -huh. this maybe into an even shaman in, in wild that could happen um yeah. i mean maybe this is a mulch what oh god mulch uh, no muck morpher target maybe oh, like oh, a little bit earlier that okay. might be yeah. that might be a thing but yeah i don't know i think it's a three but i, I could see it make yeah. its way into decks but i can't see it exactly how and, it, yeah, and in arena, arena it's probably a four i would say it's it's yeah. expensive but it's worth it i i'm teetering on five honestly just because like early in the game this is nothing but then you top deck it and it's exactly what you need pretty much yeah. every time yeah, uh, I, I I won't argue it, but I, I this is a very strong pick for sure for Arena. Yeah. Though for for flavor, this is like a ten out of five. Have you heard the, oh, yeah. like the lore behind this card? I I saw I saw Regis Kilbin say something about yeah. it. So apparently, there's like this fountain in Dalaran, like this, this something. I, I haven't played WoW, neither of you much, mm -hmm. but apparently yeah. there's like a, a big fountain in Dalaran. And this is like Hagatha like animating that and bringing it to life, and then using it to destroy the rest of the the, the rest of the city, which is which pretty is cool. <laughs> I didn't realize she was resurrecting stuff or yeah or I in, 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 raising inanimate objects. But anyway, next card. Oh my gosh, two mana spell, Soul of the Murloc. Give your minions death rattle. Summon a one one Murloc. I heard you like Soul of the Forest in your token druid. How about we make him a little less powerful? We make the spell a little less expensive, but we give him a tribal tag that really matters. By the way, defiles out of the format. I don't know how you make this card better, and I, I'm putting this in every Murloc deck. Yeah. I think that this will be the reason that Bloodlust sees play in the Murloc Shaman deck. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Murloc Shaman deck's going to run this every time. I mean, that's the whole point. You're going wide. You want to protect your board. You want to be able to drop uh, a Murloc War Leader and get value out of it, or a Bloodlust and get value out of it. And this is a a fantastic way to do it. I don't think we need to discuss this very much. I think this is obviously good in that context. It may be good in other, in other, um, you know, token style shamans, maybe in wild that are going to spam yeah. a lot of minions, yeah. but in general, this is, this is a good card. And I mean, you know, you can probably even find some cheeky ways to get a store, you know, a Stormbringer and then turn those all into legendary minions if you wanted to. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different, different things you can do. So I, I think this is, I don't think it's quite a five. I don't think it's, it's, I do. Uh, I mean, it's a good card. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's the build around though. I think that you can play Murloc Shaman without this. I don't think you play it without the two drop. Um, I, I would disagree. I think you put this in every, uh, like, like you just do. Yeah, like if, if you have a Murloc, right. especially with Murloc War Leader, um, there's the one mana one, one that buffs their attack. Yeah, like you have okay, so fine. many ways to do that. I just think that this card is so good. And is, like I mentioned, Defile leaving. I, I was hypothesizing with some friends last night. Lord Godfrey is the only thing we could think of that that'll be in standard that can deal with this. And if that's if that's true, I mean, I, I just think it's going to be very powerful because of this. Yeah, well, a, well, war, a, well, there's Warpath. Uh, Warpath. Thank you. I knew that there was something. 
And yeah. yeah. So Warpath will answer this. And Warpath, I think, is a card that's going to see a lot of play. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm fine. I, I'm not going to argue with you. Cool. That's splitting and hairs. And I, arena. I, I think it's, it's a two. Like, yeah, two's fine with me. Yeah. Know. Like Soul of the Forest, you take sometimes. It's not great. Sometimes it's yeah. great, but not often. And these are one ones, not two twos. Probably a little less good when you can't. Yeah. Get all the synergies and stuff. Yeah. And then Mutate is a zero mana spell. Transform a friendly minion into a random one that costs one more. Yes, zero mana spells are more powerful than they seem. This one is not. I just don't think you're going to spend a card on this. Like, you'll get this out of Hagatha sometimes and it'll be good. I can't, be fun, yeah. I can't see you spending a, a card slot on this in either Constructor Arena. It's just not good enough in the fact. It's just here to bring down the power level of Shaman spells, which yeah. I don't think needed. But I guess if Soul of the Murlocs that good, Mutate's that bad. So. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna. It, I mean, it's gonna dilute the pool for something like a ha- like a Swamp Queen, Swamp Queen Hagatha. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's zeros. Yeah, I, I think just, so. I don't think you, you ever put, like this. you'll play this when you get it from a random effect. You're never putting this in attack. All right. Okay, so here we are on Warlock. Um, do we? Do I? No, you 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 go you go ahead and start this one because I started the last one. All right, Arch Villain Rafam. I, I I keep forgetting if it's Arch or Arc, but Ar- it's, uh, Arch. It, it's Arch. Okay, either way, he's super bad. Uh, like 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 he's bad, like evil. Uh, we haven't reviewed him yet. Arch Villain Rafam, seven minutes, seven eight taunt battle cry. Replace your hand and deck with legendary minions. <laughs> uh, Don't quit I, your day job I, with that evil laugh, though. Yeah, right. I, won't. I, I absolutely <laughs> won't. Um, so this is like this is a really fun effect. Um, if, if you if you open this guy, you're really gonna be happy about that. I, I I think the interesting thing is that just that this effect exists, especially with the curse of a car stuff happening, and there's some other. Uh, Thing that might actually make its way into uh well bombs i guess yeah bombs are the other thing don't know bombs are going to be competitive but either way there's actually a way in like specials format in tournaments for you to make sure that that doesn't happen so i think it's reasonable that this guy might actually see some tournament play in in some very interesting places but in the actual constructive format i mean obviously like getting a bunch of random stuff is fun, but it's not necessarily effective or helping you to win the game. And legendary minions is a very wide pool. I mean, if you get a handful of Nat Pagels, uh, you're going to laugh and you're going to brag about it, but you're going to lose. So I'm uh, a seven minutes, seven, eight with Taunt is pretty, is a pretty good minion. So I, I think he's okay. I'm glad he exists. Um, and he's fun. Okay. So I'm oh going to take you back a little bit. <laughs> okay. Remember a card that was also a Warlock Legendary Minion that everyone yes, said was too slow, was going yes, to be a yes, meme? Yes, Rin the First Disciple, that everyone said was going to be a meme, it was going to be too slow to see play, and it was in, like, every Control Warlock deck from that point on. And I Can think... Convince me that this is as... It is. As effective. It 100% is. No, no way. Okay. Yes. All right. What do, what do you think? Okay. So this is the thing. And, and again, this is a callback to Elise Starseeker which was a card yeah. that was it had the same effect but it, it was a lot slower because it made you shuffle a map and then the map right. gave you gave you the golden monkey and then eventually you got to do this um mm. the the thing is that and that saw play in every control warrior deck yeah oh yeah and oh, the yeah. reason for that is because you do reach a point as a control deck late in the game where the tools that are left in your deck if you're against another control deck will not help you win the game and at that point, 
literally anything is better than the cards that are left in your deck. True, true. And, and, and especially the cards that are left in your hand. And so this is a panic button, effectively, that you're going to play late. You may play it earlier, depending on what you're playing against, where you get to the point where nothing in your hand is going to help you, and you're getting beaten down by aggro, and you just need a taunt and some other things that are not the cards in your hand because they're not helping you. But whenever you reach a point, and you always do in a control deck, in a control deck when you're playing, when you're piloting a control deck, where what's left is not going to help you, and you just need minions with stats that can hit your opponent in the face, you will play this card, and then you will get enough value out of it to make it worthwhile. Yes, I, and again, I'm the first one to go on the legendary minion rant and say that a legendary minion is not generally a random letter legendary minion is not generally worth playing a card for, but the thing is that the more times that you roll, the better you're going to get a result on average. And this is going to roll a lot. This is going to roll probably on average 7 to 10 minions. And some of those will be Nat Pagels, and some of those will be Blood Mage Thanos, and some of those will be Alexstrasza, and some of those will be Sarah, and some of those will be will be Malleus. Emerus? And some of those will be Emerus. And some of those will be um katrina muerte and yep. and you will get some minions that are valuable i mean again i had someone roll two legendary minions against me today this was not <laughs> this was not exactly <laughs> you know your mileage may vary but you know you sure, can sure. get some good rolls off of that so yeah. I, and again there is the use case where and we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit more detail in the next couple of cards but there is a use case where you're using Hakar as a win condition, and then you're using Rafam to replace the bloods that are in your deck. That mm -hmm. is a legitimate win condition for a control warlock. Yeah. So I think this is getting dismissed in a meme card at people's peril. And I think this is actually a very good card that we're going to see a lot in control warlocks. The, the only thing I would say is that control warlocks have a very defined set uh, of cards, but many of those are leaving now that I think about yep. it. So I, I, I think, I think it's certainly a valid argument, especially with as much play that at least Star Seeker saw. So I'd be okay giving it fours across. The board. Yeah, I don't think it goes up to a five, but I think a solid yeah. four is is you're not building around this card, but you're going to make use of it a hundred percent. And I cool. think in 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 arena, it's probably fine. Yeah, like I mean, it, you're getting a, a seven meta seven eight taunt, and you're again you're going to reach a point now. You're giving up any spells in your deck. But that might be okay, depending on where you are in the game, you know? You you essentially started with a random deck as it is, so yeah. doing it again is fine. I mean, I mean, there is, you know, the cards that you're in deck are better than random because you pick them. You you, you pick them out of right. three. No. So it's yeah. basically like you're replacing cards you discovered with cards at random, which yep. is going to be a downgrade, but it's it's probably okay. And if you're getting that late in the game where you're considering playing Rafam, it's probably fine. It's going to be better than other legendaries you yep. see, for sure. And then we get to Fell Lord Betrug, which is an 8-mana 5-7 minion that says, Whenever you draw a minion, summon a copy with Rush that dies at the end of the turn. So this one took me a while. And then I was I was getting angry about you not liking Plot Twist. It took me longer. <laughs> so, but I got there, finally. <laughs> and, and I started thinking about how do you abuse this? Because obviously, like, and, and again, this is one of these mantras from doing card reviews. Like, the ones that are that look broken are usually not because they're usually fair because they've been playtested within an inch of their, their lives. The ones that look bad are often better than they seem. And the ones that make no sense are the ones that you really need to worry about because those are usually the broken cards. And this one made no sense, right? Because, like... It's an eight. It's an eight drop. Like on ten mana, you can life tap. Great. Like you get a minion rushing, whatever. 
Um, so I, I started thinking about it and there's, there's a way you can abuse this. And I mean, even just like getting a couple of cards is fine. Cause I mean, you're getting the, you're still drawing the card and then you're also getting a rushing version at the end of it. But I mean, anytime you can combine this with plot twist, I guess we should probably just talk about these cards together. Sure. That's um, fine. so plot twist is a two mana spell that says shuffle your hand in your deck and draw that many cards. So again, you're a warlock, you, you have a life tap. So you're going to have a hand that's going to have a lot of cards in it in general as a, a slower Warlock deck. So you can generally draw a lot of cards with Plot Twist. And then anything that triggers off of an effect that is triggered when you draw a card will get triggered en masse with Plot Twist. So like just the, the use case for this is basically you drop Betrug and then you Plot Twist with a huge hand. And then you get a whole bunch of rushing minions that can effectively act like a boom ship. And that's pretty strong. Now, if one of those minions happens to be Hakar, and then it dies without your opponent being able to silence it, and then you have just drawn a lot of cards, one of which is likely to be Rafam, then you can swap out all your cards in your deck for random for random legendaries, including the bloods that you just shuffled into your deck. And now you're just sitting there drawing cards while your opponent's drawing bloods. I, I that may be a little bit too far down the rabbit hole, but I think that the combination of Betrug and, and Plot Twist is legit. And then being able to do this Hakar thing on top of it is just kind of an added payoff and gives you I, like a legit win condition. I always thought that this effect was summon a 1 1 copy with I, I thought that too at first, and then that's like, why would I ever oh want to do that? Oh my gosh. It's, it's a, a full, it's a, it's a full, full fat version. Yeah. Have mercy. So, so if, you, if yeah. you summon a Hakar, you're, you're rushing, uh, you're doing nine damage to a minion. And then it's dying at the end of the turn, regardless. It's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, there's there's no arguing. And in Wild, where you can actually cheat this out ahead of time and stuff and get it back from Gul'dan, I mean, it's in just... Wi- in Wild, you can get Kel'Thuzad. Yeah. And you can so... get Kel'Thuzad out of this effect and oh then bring gosh. back... And, and, you know, well, I guess that wouldn't bring back Kel'Thuzad, but it would bring back everything else that died, potentially. I just don't see how this isn't a five, essentially. Like, I, I think it is. I think so this much is potential. I think this is a sneaky, powerful card that just is not immediately obvious how you abuse it. But I think that once people figure it out, this is going to be really, really strong. In arena it's probably a three. Like you're not gonna have the plot twists and stuff, but it's like it's, it's, very an, it's late. an okay statted minion. It's very uh, late. Could have yeah. some demon synergies. There's potential, possibly. Yeah, I, I it's I'd even go as far as a two because like you're gonna you're not playing this until you have ten mana. So you can play this and then plot twist and like you're probably I don't know if this is saving you at that point. Like you're going to have to draw something really big and like or life tapping or something. Yeah, like like the minions that you're going to have in your deck in a control warlock in constructed are generally going to be on the larger side and they're going to have an impact when you're rushing them out in, in arena. Not necessarily. Yeah, that's fair. I'll go with it, too. Yep. All right. Jumbo Imp, affectionately known as Imp Giant, 10 mana, 8, 8 minion. Costs one less whenever a friendly demon dies while this is in your hand. So this is similar to the Corridor Creeper effect, which should get you a little bit scared at least. There's a lot of demon synergy cards. There's a lot of creating a bunch of demons in this set. And Jumbo Imp is sort of like a second sea giant, I think, for that demon token warlock deck that could be a thing. I just have a feeling that this one's going to get cut. I, I still think it's good, but I don't think it's... It's obviously not as reliable. And at 10 mana, if you top deck this... I, I, I mean, I guess it's still fine. It depends on what the board prob- state is when you top deck it, basically. Yeah, it, it just really depends, I guess. And, that, and that's why 
it, it's not quite as reliable as Corridor Creeper, where anything that dies, it gets discounted for. This is specifically your minions and specifically only the demons. So yeah. uh, it, it could be good. I I think I think you'll probably run one of in, in that deck. But as long as Sea Giant's around, I would just rather have that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is Sea Giant's not a demon, so it's not going to benefit from any of the demon synergies. But other than that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's but fair. But it's an 8-8. You don't care. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's this, just going to go face. This is a giant, right? I mean, this is yeah. a giant that happens to be a class giant, but mm-hmm. it's a 10-mana 8-8 that has some sort of a thing that discounts it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it could be a why not both type of thing, depending on how your deck is built. I think we're going to try both. I oh, just I'm sure we this, are. Yeah. I have this feeling that this one's going to get cut. Or it's not going to be as reliably good. It will be good sometimes, and maybe it'll be good enough times that you you still do want both of them. I'm just, I guess I'm tempering my expectations. Yeah. I still think it's at least a four. I think it's a four it's too. A yeah. I, I mean, I think that we're, we're basically trying to tamp down from it being like the height of excitement. Yeah. And, so if and, you're excited yeah. about this, don't let me rain on your parade or anything. It's a it's a good card and it's it's paradoxical, so you have to enjoy at least the, Yeah, well you know, it's like Jumbo Shrimp. You got Jumbo Imp. Oh I I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't see that. <laughs> In Arena, it's a ten man eight eight. So. It's a one. Yeah. I mean it, you know, maybe you get to play it. You probably don't. It's like, how often are you going to be killing off demons? It's it's not gonna happen a lot. I mean, you will still get to play it, it's just really late in the game. It's maybe not as bad as you're making it out to be, I think, but um, but you 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 will probably get something else that you'd rather have than this for yeah. sure. Um, so darkest hours is six mana spell that says destroy all friendly minions for each one. Summon a random minion from your deck. I'm just gonna step back and let you tell me why this is a good card because I am not seeing it, and you seem a lot more excited about it than I do. Yeah, I I feel like everyone is sleeping on this card right now. And I don't know that it's going to be a tier one deck day one or anything like that. But after we've seen the recruit effect, you have to at least take pause with any card that does that, right? Um, And I don't know that we've had another another card that that really took advantage of death rattles but that was the first thing that came to mind for me with this card if you have a deck that is some kind of token synergistic death rattle deck where you're able to just kill everything on the board get upside from everything dying and get new minions to replace them i i feel like that can just be strong six mana is a lot so i'm i'm definitely not arguing that you know I, I think it's about the right time, though, in that mid to late game, where if you have two to three minions, like Mechanical Whelp, something that came to mind. I, I, I feel like now I'm trying to put bad cards together, but just as an example. Yeah. Well, Mechanical like, Whelp's not a bad card, but it's a bad card in that deck. Right, but you kill it and get the 7-7, seven, seven, and then you get something to replace it. Even if it's just another Mechanical Whelp, like you, you essentially just activated the effect. I feel like th- I feel like this only gets really good with three or more cards, and the whole deck has to work together in order for that to work. But I, I just don't want people to sleep on this because I don't think that it's uh, it's as bad as people are giving it credit credit for. No, I don't think it's bad. It's just weird. Yep. And oh, and, oh it's definitely weird. Yeah. I, and I mean, the thing is that if you're triggering death rattles, which is fair, right? Like that's that's what you want to do with this card, mm-hmm. probably. But a lot of those death rattles make other minions. So, like, if you if you have, like, Scarabag, which is very likely to go in a deck like this. Sure. Right? Now you're putting, you're killing your one minion, you're putting three on the board, that's that's only leaving four slots left if that's the only minion that's on board for new ones, right? So, I, and 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what order the death rattles trigger in and when these things get summoned versus when the death rattles trigger. Like, I I, I guess it, I, I don't know the I don't know the answer to this, right? But like, if you have something that says, and, and I think there are a couple, like give all your other minions plus one plus one. Just I, I don't know if there is still something like that, but let's just say there is, right? I don't know. What oh no, order... yeah, it was a Witchwood card. It was a yeah. Witchwood card, right? So like, does that does that trigger after the new minions get summoned? If so, that's a very different discussion, right? Sure. Because like, if, if that's, if that's true and I, I don't know the answer to this, and I didn't think about it until just now. So I haven't, you know, sent, you know, raised the, the Peter Whalen signal or anything. Sure. <laughs> but, but I guess like if, cause if you have something that buffs the board, right. And those are the death mm -hmm. rattles you're triggering and then you're summoning minions and then the minions are going to get the benefit of that buff. That could convince me. I'll close the discussion with this. What you said earlier and what we've said on every review episode, that it's the ones that seem broken yes. that end up not being it, and it's the ones that get away from you that actually end up being it. And I think this is one of those cards. Uh, whether it's now or later, I think this card will have its day. Um, See, now I, now yeah. I want now I kind of want to build something to try to break this, but I, I'm willing to, to meet you in the middle with a four on this. Okay, yeah. Because I, I until I until I see a, a solid use case for how this is gonna get gonna get built, I can't give it a five. Yeah, and and I do want to retract my statement earlier that people say it's bad because people just aren't talking about it. I, I like the only yeah. thing I've seen is somebody tweet out, "Why isn't anyone talking about this card?" And that's that's been my exact same thought. Um, in yeah. in in arena, I don't think you ever pick this. I think it's a no. one. Um, yeah. I just don't see a reason why. Yeah. So. I, I, in fairness, they did talk about this on Coin Concede that that went up today, and and oh, nice, okay, yeah, I, I won't spoil that, but I I don't started think, the episode, I haven't finished it. Yeah, I I don't think that they're saying the same thing you're talking about, but I again, I think I need to know the answer to that. That oh well, here's like well, we'll just talk about it next. The next one that we're going to talk about is Eager yep. Underling, which mm -hmm. is a four mana four mana two two death rattle, give two random friendly minions plus two plus two. Um, so that, that it, that's exactly the case, right? Like if that yep. triggers. And and buffs the minions that get summoned. I'm much higher on that card than I would have been otherwise. I still think it's a little bit awkward to play though. But you know, it, it is. Yep. Yeah. And and especially making sure that those death rattles go in in sequence would be really tough. Right. Um. I this is another card. Well, I I have seen people be down on this card because this is, you know, fungal mancer's effect. It's in a death rattle. It's a little bit cheaper, and it doesn't require board position or anything like that. Uh. I. I mean, I just read it, and I think I, I I don't see why this is much worse than Fungal Mancer. It's a little bit worse because Fungal Mancer gives it to you immediately. Right now, we don't have any clear way I think to kill this um, right off the bat. Dark Pack should be rotating out, I believe. Um, there's a couple of sacrifice minion cards. Oh, there's what well, no, and and it's the one Grim Rally that you you destroy a, yeah. a friendly minion and give your board plus one plus one. That's what came to mind when I first saw this, and I thought like that just makes this deck work. I think because you use them either separately or together, and it's just it's just good. Yeah, I, I think the reason that this is, the, the the answer to your other question, which is why is this worse than Fungal Mancer, is because unless you have a card like that. And can trigger at the same time. Your opponent gets to decide when this goes off, yeah. and they can clear off the rest of the board before this. So that that's the re or just or just use an AOE and clear the whole board at once. Mm, so yep. that's, that's why this is worse. And if you can't guarantee and you're not always going to be, then this is strictly worse than Fungal Mancer. I agree that it is a powerful effect, but I don't. I think the fact that it's a death rattle makes it considerably worse. 
I would probably go three on it. I, I think three is fair because I, I went with a two and I can come up to a three. An arena, I'm it's still tempted. it's still a two. I it's still uh, like in arena, they're much less likely to have the AOE. Well, no, and in, and a, in arena, they're much less... more likely to have the board to trade it off. Yeah, you're less likely to have the token scene too. Yeah, yeah. two's fine there. Yeah. Uh, plot twist we talked about earlier, and yep. we didn't really say. Oh what yeah, I, that's that's five. That's a five in constructed easily. Yeah, I mean it's because of the shenanigans, you know. Like when it's I not first even shenanigans this... though. Like it's not it's not even just because of shenanigans. It's just because like as a warlock, you're going to forget 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 Bertrug for a second, right? Uh huh. You're going to you, how many times have you played like? Control Warlock or even Warlock. I know even Warlock's going out of standard, but you know wherever you're tapping a lot, any Warlock deck uh -huh. you're tapping a lot, you end up with a handful of junk, right? Yeah. And it's a big hand. And then mm -hmm. this for two mana draws you like six, seven, eight cards. Yeah. The reason I re the the point that I turned a corner with this card is when I compared it to Divine Favor. Right. And right. it, it's it's the opposite of divine favor, where it's when you have a big hand that you actually want to throw it all back and and redraw it. And it was like, okay, I, I that makes sense to me. So yeah, yeah, I'll go five with you on there. In arena, it's okay. I mean, there are times yeah. where you have a hand that you don't want. So it's I'd probably say, a three. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is divine favor, except it depends on your hand size instead of your opponents. Yes, if if you have zero cards in hand and you top deck this, you're very very sad. So. Yeah, but you all you also still have life tap, and you probably always yeah. will have life tap unless you're playing like yeah, Lord Jaraxxus. No, that's true. Yeah, so it's a little bit more reliable. In that, oh man, in we can play Jaraxxus again because we're not going to have Gordan <laughs> anymore. We can play Jaraxxus <laughs> again. Oh. Oh yeah, that's why you can. Uh, anyway. Anyway. All right. Next one here is Inferno three mana spell. Give your demons plus one attack. Deal one damage to all enemy minions. It's a weird combo, but it reminds me of Implosion, where you do two different things. And that one, you were dealing damage to an enemy minion and summoning some imps. This one does neither of those things. Although, uh, dealing damage to the enemy minions, that reminds me of Maelstrom Portal. Yeah, that's, the, that's it, the comparison. Yeah. Yeah, and and if you are playing a demon deck, which is pretty much... Well, you're going I guess to be if you're playing the stack. If you're playing this yeah, card, you're going to be. I, I just feel like this this is the card that makes sense of a demon token deck and of reform scheme. Like all of a sudden, it all makes sense with this. Yeah. I mean, you could even play this in a control warlock. It's not going to be great, but there are times when you like you like you play Spirit Lash, right? And you're going to be playing demons. Like yeah. some of the cards that we're talking about are still demons, and then there are going to be cards like just Voidwalker. You're going to put Voidwalker in a deck again. Mm -hmm. Right, like that's a card that you you didn't put in your deck because you'd rather just get it out of Void Lord, and you didn't want to be summoning it from like a Skull of the Minari or from a, a Possessed Lackey or whatever. You're going to mm -hmm. be able to play Voidwalker again. Yeah. So even if you just have like a couple of Voidwalkers on board, and then you play this, and you're giving them plus one attack, that's fine in a control in a control warlock. You might still play it. I, I think there are better options, but again, you're losing Defile, and maybe a one mana asymmetrical board clear is something you need. Yeah. But and and in a zoo deck. Being able to, like, there are legit zoo decks that are winning specialist tournaments that are playing Hellfire in the zoo deck. That's crazy. And this has to be better than Hellfire. It has to be for that kind of a deck. I, I think this is great. I think this is a card that's going to see a lot of play. I don't know if I, yeah. I rated this a five. I don't know if I ne need to go up that high, but it's at least No, no, no. I'll do five, especially yeah. because Maelstrom Portal, you just don't care about the minion that you get, right? Exactly. It's just the deal. One. So this is a little more expensive, but I, I think you're right. 
then it'll still see play in decks that don't even care about the demon thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's a five there. I think in arena, it's probably a four two for the same yeah. reason. I mean, a, a, a small AOE is fine. Yeah. Um, reform scheme is a three mana spell, uh, which says summon one, one, one imp upgrades each turn. So again, all the things we said about schemes apply. Um, this one is a little bit better because you, you have an upper limit of how much you're expecting to get out of this, which is going to be however much free space you have on board. Um, I think we've seen enough, enough use cases for wanting a whole bunch of small demons on board. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, Inferno is a big one that we just talked about. Um, you know, having a big board full of, uh, minions to play your, your six mana card, uh, your darkest hour into is a reasonable use case. I mean, you could even do that on the same turn late Mm -hmm. in the game if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, the, you know, you have things like spirit of the bat that haven't seen play that can buff up minions. You have things like grim rally where you could sacrifice one of them and buff the rest They're there. I think people are really down on this card because they're like, well, why do I care about a bunch of one ones? Well, because the file's not a card anymore. That's why. Right. And, and there are still, yes, there are still ways that you can clear a bunch of one ones, but there are enough reasons that you're okay. If they die, that you still probably will play this card in a zoo deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't have much to add other than remember it caps out at seven. Yeah. But even if you don't remember it, it'll only work that way. So I think it's probably four. Yeah, I think so. It's, Probably not as good in arena. Like a board full it's, of one ones is probably not great in arena. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you think about a three mana deal seven damage next turn. You know, like yeah, uh, it's probably a three. I would say. Yeah. yeah, I would go as low as a two, but I could go up to a three. It's. Oh, I'll say three. I mean, I yeah, I think fine. especially like well, no top decking. You only get one. Well, no, no, I want to yeah, go to two. two. Now. Yeah, it's a two. Yep. Evil Genius is 2 mana 2-2. Two, two. Battle Cry, destroy a friendly minion. Add two random lackeys to your hand. There's your activator. There you go. I mean, it's it's fine. The lackeys are fine. What's good is that if we're talking about this token warlock deck, the lackeys make more sense because they do something to the board. They can buff really small minions, and you don't care if they die also. So I, I, I feel like people were pretty down on this card also because it was like, oh, I don't want to destroy something. Yes, you do in the right deck. Yeah. Like, you know, so I think I think this is very good and it's going to see a lot of play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's not much else to say about it. I mean, it's it's in a, in the deck that wants that, which is going to be a token zoo effectively. Mm-hmm. Then you are going to be OK with sacrificing. Like, I think people sa- attach too much value to their minions in, in, in when evaluating these cards in general. Yeah. And I think that in a deck that is going to have a lot of disposable minions, you are fine with destroying one. Like, I think yeah. that's the that's the comment I've seen specifically around this card, I think. And it's like, you have death rattles. Like, we just went through two, through like a year and a half of Dark Pact. Right. right? <laughs> like, like there are use cases for destroying your own minions. You can you can play minions with death rattles and, and trigger them. Like, mm-hmm. you can just use a 1-1 one, one that you don't care about, hit face with it, and then make it something better. Like, there's a lot of things you can do. I think this is probably a 4. In the deck that wants it, it will be very powerful. And, again, two lackeys is good, especially in a deck that wants to play a lot of little things and then buff them. I would play it even if it were one min- one lackey. Yeah, yeah, but I, I would I think too. with two, it, it just goes really... Yeah. It gets really good. In Arena, I kind of go back and forth because you can't as reliably have those tokens. The lackeys are still good. I I probably I probably go at a two on this honestly. Yeah, I mean you could also just play it on an empty board and have it be a two mana two two, which is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's okay. Yeah. Um. So 
Aranasi Broodmother is a 6 mana 4-6 taunt. When you draw this, restore 4 health to your hero. I love this card. I think this is this is going to be a staple of Control Warlock, for, at least for the time being. You're going to um, have to convince a lot of listeners, I have a feeling, okay. right now. Because, because yeah. a lot of people are looking at this card like, what, restore health when I draw it? I can't I can't control when that happens. Yeah, you don't care because you're, you're a Warlock. You're going to be life-tapping. You're always going to be below 26 health yep. almost <laughs> all the time. So you're go and and the thing is that again we have to adjust to our new world where we don't have spellstone where we don't have Gul'dan, where we don't have shroom brewer where healing is a lot harder to come by being able to get four health when you draw it yeah you give your opponent some information it's overrated like whatever so they know you have a taunt that you can drop whatever like that's not gonna make that much of a difference but that healing whenever. And not having to spend mana on that healing is actually really powerful, even if you can't control when it happens. And, again, you're probably playing Plot Twist in this deck, which mm-hmm. means that you can shuffle this back and then draw it, possibly drop it back in your hand and draw the same one out of Plot Twist. So you can heal for more than just four off of this. And, again, a 4-6 Haunt that also is a demon that also can benefit if you're playing, like, you know, um, if you're if you're playing Inferno or even if you just have any other demon synergies is good. And that's yeah. a lot of butt to work through. I think this is a really good, unassuming good um, control warlock staple card. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to add. I think it's a four. Yep. I think it's a four and, and it's probably either a three or a four in arena, but I think it's probably a four in arena. Yeah. I think... Because of the taunt, because of the high health, I, I yeah. think, I think you want this in arena too. Yep. All right. Okay. On to warrior. We've right. got the Boom Master, Blast Master, Boom Blast, Blast Master. Uh-huh. Um, seven mana, seven, seven, Battle Cry. Summon two one, one Boom Bots for each bomb in your opponent's deck. You may remember our dear friend, the bomb from Seaforium Bomber. It is the same effect. Uh, there, there are some more tools in uh, Boom's arsenal for getting bombs in your opponent's deck. It's fun to see him return to his old school format. The question, it, well, in... I guess we'll just talk about this now that the bomb deck is probably not going to be great right out the gates. And unless it gets some more support, it's probably never going to be that great because shuffling bombs into your opponent's deck. And, and this is coming from the guy who loves this and will be doing this day one. No question. You're actually, uh, you're actually Bomberman IRL is what I, you basically, are. <laughs> I, I played that game so much on my original game boy. Oh my gosh. You, anyway, if you get a switch. You can play it on your switch. Just uh, saying. Don't tell, me, don't tell me. Um, so you you shuffle bombs into your opponent's deck, and that's fun. And there's tension. Will they draw it? They probably will not draw it, especially when take out the uh, the Stampy uh, synergies. Uh, augmented, Alec. augmented, augmented Alec. Yeah, uh, because yes, you will run that in this deck, but it will not happen very often. Eh, I don't even know if you run it in that deck, but yeah. You do because you're having fun. And well, yeah, okay, yes. I, I forget some people play this game to have fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so even with that, so here's the thing. You put, you, Bo- Boom Master, or Bla- gosh, I can't even say his name, even though I was joking earlier. Blastmaster Boom is probably going to be pretty good because by turn seven, I think it's reliable that they will have two or three bombs in their deck. And so at that point, you are filling up your board with boom bots, which if you remember the impact Dr. Boom had early in Goblins versus Gnomes, it was a lot. And it's because of his boom bots. Like a 7-7 minion is good, but the boom bots spreading out one to four damage amongst, I guess I should clarify that, they're they're 1-1 minions that have a death rattle, deal one to four damage to a random enemy. 
and it could be a minion, it could be face. A lot of times you're hoping for four damage to face, and you just win because of that. And they're um, really obnoxious, by the way, because oh, and yeah. I think that it's hard to it's hard to understand if you had, if you never played through the Secret Paladin era when Doctor Boom was called Doctor Seven because he came out on seven every single time, and then you're throwing these bo- these boom bots down and making it really hard for your opponent to really get a board back because they have to trade these things off and then they blow up and they take out their opponent's minions and. And it, it can be really annoying to play around. So, yeah, I think it's tough for me to evaluate because I, I think that in, on his own and in the deck, this gives you something proactive to do while you're kind of hoping or helping your opponent to draw into your bomb somehow. So I think it's a good card. The deck is probably not going to be great. Um, and, and I'm glad that there's some alternative thing that kind of rewards you for putting the bombs into your opponent's deck. And those boom bots will have an impact on the board. So, um, yeah, I've blabbered on. What do you think, Steve? All right. So uh, just for you, I one of the things, and it will be on the off curve that I record tomorrow, that will be out by the time you hear this. Nice. Um, I, I made a Tempo Warrior and I put the bombs in. Yay! And I pulled a Blastmaster Boom, so I will be able to try this on day yeah, one, potentially. Um, now, I think that I did not put the Augmented Alec in the deck. Okay. Um, I didn't really have room for it, and I don't think you need it. And and ultimately, I feel like the bombs are okay because the minions are just okay tempo. Uh, like, the you know, and we'll get to... I guess we should just talk about all three of them at the same sure, time, right? Sure, that's fine. So, yeah. so the way you're going to get the bombs in is you have um, a a Clockwork Goblin, which is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three mech, Battlecry Shuffle, a bomb into your opponent's deck. When it's drawn, it explodes for 5 damage. And then there's a weapon, which is Wrench Caliber, which is a... Which, by the way, I love that name. That That's, that's better it's than the card. sweet, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is a 4-mana three 3-2 three weapon. After your hero attacks, shuffle a bomb into your opponent's deck. So that's how... that Those are... Other than Sephorian Bomber, which you're probably not playing. Um, yeah. you're, you're probably going to play... The, you are for the funds. Well, but, okay. Well, in your, not, in your, you're actually going to do well. In your fun version, you are. In my try-hard version, you're not. And I think Clockwork Goblin, you probably just play. Because, like, it's fine. Like, it's a 3-mana yeah, 3-3 three, so- three that does 5 face damage eventually. And then, and it's also a mech, and you're playing Dr. Boom, the Dr. Boom Hero card in that deck. So, I mean, it can be a rushing 3-3 three, three later. Um, and, and it's probably just okay to play as a, as a decent tempo minion. I, I worked at that point, I worked one copy of the wrench caliber in, and that's probably enough. Cause I mean, you don't need two of those. And again, it's fine. Like it's not fiery war axe, but nothing is. Yeah. And you know, you're losing blood razor in a deck, in a deck like this, that is the weapon you would want to play. So, I mean, you could run one copy of this and one copy of soul thrace and be fine. I think. Um, so I think that those cards are, are decent enough to see play. I don't know if Blastbuster Boom is good enough because there's going to be draw RNG involved. Like, do you draw those bomb cards before you draw Boom? Do you play him if you haven't shuffled anything in, if it's a seven mana seven, seven? I don't know. Um, that's going to happen sometimes, right? Like it's just statistically, it's going to happen. Sure. Um, it's probably good. Um, it's not a mech itself, which I guess Dr. Boom isn't. So that's fine. (laughs) Um, he could and, create a mech version of himself. Yeah, um, and and really I mean, sick. it's worth mentioning if you have the hero card out, all those boom bots get rush. Oh yeah, golly. So it's probably a four. I'm I not sold, so. and I'm going to test it, but I can, so I will. Um, but I, it's fun. Uh, it's a good callback. I like the design. I like that it's not a guaranteed 
you know, drop drop uh, two boom bots. So I like that. Yeah. And in arena, he's a war golem. He's a so. he's a seven out of seven seven. You're probably you you might, which still might be better than some of the other legendaries you're off. Yeah, yeah. But so it's yeah, probably a two. Not better than a two for sure. All right, then we get to the Boom Reaver, which is a 10-mana, 7-9 mech that reads, Battlecry, summon a copy of a minion in your deck, give it Rush. So, I kind of hate this card a lot. <laughs> low-key? Low key, not even low-key. I'm, like, right ag- aggressively, it, right? like, <laughs> I coming out with a shadow campaign to just oh, against this man. card. Like, the the thing is that, again, we, we just saw, like, you know, Recruit Warrior, where it's and the thing with recruit is recruit got really powerful when you could control when it was a limited recruit, right? Like when it was a beast in your deck or a demon in your deck or a minion that cost four or less, and you could limit the number of minions that you put in that and still have other minions. Here, it's not a recruit per se because you can still draw the minion, which is a little bit better. But it also like if you're paying seven ma- ten mana for a seven nine that does nothing else but summon this other minion, it better be big. And it yeah, better and take it, out something on the other side, which means that you're you're building your deck around a lot of big things, which means that you're sacrificing a lot of the smaller utility cards like Eternium Rover, like Acolyte of Pain, like um like the the new we'll get to it, the two drop that that gives you armor when you hit something. Like there's a lot of those little utility minions that you need in a control warrior that you have to give up in order to play this in order to get value out of it. And they they lovingly called this gargantuan warrior on the uh, the theory crafting stream, and I like I I I feel like there's some potential maybe if we get some more uh, some some more big minions and some more utility spell cards earlier in the game. But I certainly don't believe enough in it to uh, to sway any card. I am a little sad because I got this in my packs, and I, so I will try whatever th- theory crafts or day one. You well, know, you can do science. Decks are out there. Yeah, I'll do. I'll, I will do science, but I think the science is going to disappoint me. So um, I don't know. I think I, I feel like a two is probably yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I gave it a one because I just hate recruit warrior because I've gotten burned right. by it so many times. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'll give it a two in constructed. It's a one in arena though, like a ten mana yeah, seven nine. Fine. That's going to pull out like a one, two is not worth your time. No. Now on the other side of the coin is Omega Devastator. Four mana, four or five mech battle cry. If you have 10 mana crystals, deal 10 damage to a minion. That is a lot of stats and a lot of upside. The question, my question, I, again, this is one of those cards. I don't think we have to explain why it's good because nothing deals 10 damage. I mean, crowd roaster. You can just look at that. That yeah. card is fine. Really good. Just the way it is. This is even better. Um, is is this card good enough to see play, or are we only going to see it from like Omega Assembly and Doctor Boom's Hero Power? Well, this this is the reason that I think that that the Boom Reaver is bad because playing the Boom Reaver is, means you're not playing this card, right? Yeah. Because like a four mana rusher is not good enough for what you're getting out of that, and I think you really, really, really want to play this card because. I mean, first of all, 10 damage to a minion is a lot of damage. That's going to remove almost anything except for mm-hmm. like a dragon. And even some dragons, not all of the dragons. It's also a mech, which means that you're going to be playing Dr. Boom, Mad Genius, in the, in the deck that you're playing this, which means it will also rush and trade something off. And oh, at, yeah. and the floor is a Chilwin Yeti. That also is a mech that you can magnetize Zilliax onto on curve. So, I mean, 
I don't see how you play a control warrior without this. Like this into Dynomatic is something like I don't think you want to oh, play this gosh. on four, but if you have to with a Zil with a Ziliax on with a Ziliax in hand, you might. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fine. So I think this is a five. I think this is one of the best cards yeah. in the set. And this is a really important control tool. And this is the argument against the Boom Reaver and the the other card that we'll talk about, the other 10 mana card that we'll talk about. How is this not a five in Arena too? Um, I think it is. It probably is. I mean, it's a it's a chill when Yeti at worst. It probably is a five. And and I mean, you and, yeah. If, if you if you don't know, Steve and I actually have this insane spreadsheet that he built out. With the foundation of the founder of Happy Hearthstone, Josh Augustine's help also. Uh, he and I go through as the cards are revealed and give a, them our own individual score. And then while we're reviewing them now, we look at the average of both. I went back and looked and both of us gave it this four in a row. I don't know why. For some reason. I, 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 I'm i on the same train. It's like, why is this not a five? In? I was so, probably just yeah. cranky that day. Yeah, I think that's uh, a five. Both of us were. And, and I think it's a, you know, it's worth mentioning. You're going to get this from Dr. Boom's Hero Power too a lot. Oh yeah, but when in those instances, you're. I feel like this is. If it's between this and Zilliax, you may not know what to do. But yeah, but so much more often, you're just gonna snap pick this. I think. Yeah, I mean, even Dynomatic might, you know, depending on what the board state is, might be better in some instances. But you won't be sad either way. Yeah. Um. Right. So we have to give we, scores to Wrench Caliber and to uh, Clockwork Goblin. We talked about them already. We just need to give them scores. Yeah, I mean, Wrench Caliber. The big upside is that you get two swings with it. It is a little pricey, but the stats are are really good. Like a three attack weapon just does work. So I'm I'm apt to give it either a three or a four. I I really only want to give it a three. Like I again, okay. I found room for one of them, but I mean, if you're playing a weapon, I fiery war axe is just better unless you really care about the bomb. And well, and obviously you only play this if you care about the bomb, right? And and soul thrace is better regardless. Yeah, that's true, too. So I think this is probably a three. Like, I found room for one, and I, I could see cutting that and just going with the Clockwork Goblins and just rolling the dice. Yeah. Um, But I think you probably have to play this if you're playing uh, Blastmaster Boom. And, and in yeah. Arena, I mean, weapons are good, and you probably take it. So it's probably yeah. still a three, even though I gave it yeah, a two originally, so. but it's probably still a three just because any weapon is a good weapon in Arena for the most part, and even a four mana three two is probably okay. Clockwork Goblin is going to do work. Uh, I, I didn't even think about... Well, okay, let's take this one step at a time. Bomb deck, you play this at three, it's fine. It shuffles the bomb. It's doing the thing you want it to do. It can magnetize if you have Zilliax or something else. So it's it's okay. I would probably say it's a three there. I think it's um, probably a four, actually. Really? Think okay. About it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a three mana of three, three that's a mech. So with Dr. Boom, it'll, it'll rush. Mm-hmm. And like, the bomb is fine. It's doing five face damage eventually. Like, you don't need to build the deck around bombs for this to have value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can put the, even if you don't play Dr. Boom, you could still find a place for this and it's probably okay. It's a little bit understated, but not much. And it's doing five face damage at some point. Yeah. And I think they're going to be, I, the thing I hadn't considered is getting this off of Dr. Boom's oh, yeah, that'll happen or too. Omega assembly. Like, I, I don't think you're too upset to see it. Like no. there are other mechs. I would, I would be more upset to see. And especially if you're in that late game scenario, this may give you enough of that uh, that damage that you need to, to clench it. So, yeah, yeah, I I think I sure I'm I, hey I'm all about the bombs. So yeah, let's I, like, like I here. don't think you I don't think you necessarily build bomb warrior. Like I don't think that's going to be a winning strategy. But you may build a tempo warrior that happens to have a couple of bombs in it. Yeah, and in arena it's probably a three. It's probably like, a three. It's a three mana three three that'll yeah. eventually do five face damage. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean it's it's like. 
Life Drinker is a four mana three three that does three damage and heals you for three immediately. Right. You know. Um, cool. Dimensional Ripper is a ten mana spell that says says summon two copies of a minion in your deck. Everything that I said for the Boom Reaver goes double for this card, literally. And <laughs> and, and I I I hate this card. I really do. I do not. You have to build your deck around it. I think in order yeah. to put this oh, in your no, deck, because yeah. especially like at least the Boom Reaver comes with a minion. This is getting two copies. If you get two acolytes late in the game when you're going close to fatigue, that's the worst thing. Oh in the no, world. no, no, no! You you have to build around it. The tough thing right now is that Hakar is like the only thing that makes sense. And then like, why are you playing a deck with the one minion? Now Barnes and Yasharaj have shown us that that can happen, but this is a ten mana spell. Like you have to wait until then. So. I, I I honestly think that there's potential if we see some other cards that are just bombs on their own, like Hakar, and just do something and don't need anything else. And again, if we have some kind of spell package as the years go on that allow uh, allow um, Warrior to get away with it. Like, I think of Ironforge Portal as an example. Like, it needs something like that that still gets something on the board and allows you to last longer. But... Yeah, for now, I mean, I, I don't want to give this a zero or even a one because I, I still think it yeah, can. I, I can't go higher than a two moment. then. I can't but, go higher than a two. But I'm fine with a two in yeah. an arena. It's a flat zero. I'm, in I, Wild, you can build a deck where you can play this and then summon Blood of the Ancient One and get a 30-30. Which is fantastic. That's great. Good have luck fun. to you. Have fun. <laughs> I think I do have two of those, so I will play that deck. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, next one here is Sweeping Strikes, two mana spell, give a minion, also damages minions next to whomever this attacks. This this effect has gone through so many different iterations. I think this is one of the more interesting ones, because being able to attach it to anything means that you just have to find the minion where it's just insane. Like, if something were... I don't know. I uh, my mind goes to eternal, unfortunately, and like a double damage or something, where all of a sudden you've got compounding interest, where these effects can all of a sudden do a ton. So maybe something with overkill. It actually looks interesting with this on there, um, and with with uh, with warrior losing reckless flurry, and I think something else that's like blood uh, razor, blood razor. That's it. Um, something like this is sort of a soft aoe it just requires a lot out of you i think it's a great arena card potentially but even then it depends on a minion so i just don't think this is really going to find a place all right so i put one of these in that tempo warrior and and this is the reason is that i think this has a place in a tempo warrior okay so because the way that we've seen this effect be be we've seen this effect be bad and we've seen this effect be good it's been bad when it's been on a minion, uh, written as text on a minion. Mm-hmm. When it's been on a weapon, it's been good. And the reason, the difference is that you have initiative with the weapon. You can swing with it whenever you want. So with sweeping strikes, you can put it on a minion that can attack immediately. And that is a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can yep. pick a minion yep. who are, that has already been in play for one turn. You're also playing this in a deck that has rush minions. So you can play something like a militia commander... And then drop this on it for six mana and clear three, five, five health minions. And again, this is a deck that you're playing Frothing Berserker in. So you're doing damage to four minions. And then you have a Frothing Berserker on board that can take advantage of that. Um, or, or you can also, like, you know, weaken something for Soul Thrace. Weaken a lot of things for Soul Thrace. Like, there, you can, you know, 
start them off with Dr. Boom and then finish them off with this. Like, there's a lot that you can do with this card. And I think that in it, it's not a control warrior card as much as it is a tempo war warrior card to make more efficient trades so that you can hit face with the rest of your minions. Cool. So I think it's a four. That's, I was probably going to say three. Um, I, th I, I think it has potential and I would be really surprised if in the court, because we're going to see these cards now for all of this year and all of next year in standard. If there's not some minion, even a specific warrior minion that really figures out how to use this well, I, I would be okay. surprised. So, Can I give you uh, one? So okay. Darius Crowley. Oh, yikes. Yep. I was going to say Linecracker, but I, li I like yours better. Can I give so. you another one? Oh, no. Akali the Rhino. Uh, yeah. You can, I so mean, he's got to see play, but So yeah. if you you can set it up where you can, like, if you're playing against a zoo on 10 mana, mm -hmm. I mean, again, this is 10 mana, but you, right, could, right, right. you could play Akali, play Sweeping Strikes, and draw three minions from three rush minions from your deck that all get plus five plus five. Oh, that's scary that's like legitimate scary okay yeah four absolutely okay <laughs> um in, a, in arena you'll probably pick this just because it's sort of again a soft aoe effect yeah i'm waffling between three or four because i i, I think it's probably I, a three I, in arena i i, I think I, it's it's not as good as arena for okay sure. i i see plenty of potential there but um i well like magma rager man obviously that's yeah. what this card was designed for. So. Well, you have Steel Rager. That's got Rush. That you get that sometimes, right? Hey, there you go. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Is that in one of the sets? That's that's probably not even one of the sets. No, no, no. Steel Rager's uh, Boomsday Project. So yeah, so it won't oh, be. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because they're changing the sets that are in Arena now. But, yep. Um, I forgot about that actually. <laughs> so uh, Improve Morale is a one mana spell. Deal one damage to a minion if it survives. Add a lackey to your hand. So. This is very similar to a card that we used to have called Blood to Icker, which instead of giving you a lackey, would summon a 2-2 if the minion survived. Um, you generally want to do damage to minions and have them survive for things like being able to execute them, um, being able to trigger things like Frothing Berserker. So mm -hmm. I think this is more of a control card to be able to use with execute, but I think that this is something that we'll also see play. And then the lackey is just like another bonus to be able to get some more value out of it. Yeah. Yeah, Blood to Icker was good. I think this is... It's it's like exactly as good in my mind. Some people say better, or worse. I, there's reasons to to yeah. deal a damage to a minion, and yeah. you'll do it. So I think it's four. Yeah, I think Pretty it's four sure. too. And it's probably like a three in arena. Three's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Doctor Boom scheme. <laughs> we 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 have to talk about it. Let's let's. I I give you fifteen seconds. Brief. I'll be Go. brief. Four four mana spell. Gain one armor. Upgrades each turn. I will just say that if you listen to Quinn Concede, I completely agree with Ridiculous Hat that this card will probably see play somewhere as like a replacement for Reno in a specialist format. Yeah. And that's literally it. There's no other reason to play it. But I think that maybe just for the Reno-ish effect of holding on to it and gaining 20 armor for four mana, it could maybe see some fringe play in very specific situations. That's it. Don't yeah. play it in any no. place. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's I mean, I think in general it's just bad. It's yeah. it's I gave it a zero in both formats. Yeah, I'll, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because it can still see French play even even with zeros. Okay. Yeah. That's all. I've said my piece. Okay. <laughs> uh Vicious Scrap Hound is a two mana two two mech. Uh whenever this minion deals damage, gain that much armor. Um this is an effect that's been good on uh like what was it? Uh uh Armor, not Armorsmith. It's something Armorsmith. 
Allie Armorsmith. Oh yeah, from from um, Meet Streets again. No, was it was it Meet yep. Streets? Was that Meet Streets again? Yeah, because yeah, you could buff it. That was yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. You yeah. could hand buff it. So this mm-hmm. is that, except you can magnetize things to that, which is good. And even then, just being able to get a get a couple bits of armor where we're losing a lot of armor generation that is not terrible, like Doctor Boom scheme. But Gosh, magnetizing I, with this thing is insane. Oh yeah, actually. I mean you can put like, a Zilliax on this, right? And then, um, and then you're you're getting five armor every time you hit it plus life steal. The tough thing is, like, other than Zilliax, like, do you remember when we were reviewing the uh, the five mana five five, and we were just oh, like, Warrior? this is just yeah. yeah, this is just better blessing of kings, and it's just on no play. So I'm yeah, but you're gonna I, you're gonna play you're again you're gonna probably play this in a deck with Doctor Boom. Yes, and, and you're gonna you're going to discover yeah. things like Beryllium Nullifier. But then it's a really late game card. Well, that's that fine, though. I mean, you're not you don't necessarily yeah. need the need the armor early, but I mean, you're also you need a way to activate Shield Slam. Like, how are you yep. how are that's you turning fair. on Shield Slam and doing more than two damage with it right now? Yeah, Shield Block. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, or it's I mean, you know, I mean, because Doctor Boom Scheme isn't actually a card. Um, you know, like, <laughs> how else are you doing that? Like right. that. This is you're you're also even losing things like Plated Beetle. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, Vicious Scrap Hound is going to be one of your few ways to get armor, so you'll probably play it. And it's a two-drop that's fine, you know? Like, even if you just get a couple of points of armor, it's a, that's enough early. Yeah. I don't know if it makes a list, honestly. I, I still think it's a fine card. I could see it more in a Tempo Warrior or something like that, but they, mm. they don't need the armor necessarily. So, because I, I, like, I feel like it gets better later in the game. But you don't want to put a two mana minion in your deck for that, especially yeah. when you have ways to discover it and stuff. You may you um, may not you may not put it in a deck. You may just get it off of Doctor Boom. But I think you'll pick yeah. it en- enough. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. pick it. So yeah. three. It's probably a three. It's probably three across the board. Three across the board is fine yep. by me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we made it through the villainous cards. Let's let's try and get through some neutrals so that yep. we can. I we're crossing over into three hour territory, yep. but. We've got half of them here. So Chef Nomi is a seven mana six six legendary minion battle cry. If your deck is empty, summon six 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 grease fire elementals. So this is like this is just a fun card. I I yeah. think it's cool when they do decks like these that just like sort of give you some insane turn. I don't think it's probably gonna work out. I know. Um, uh, just saying, like when this card was revealed, came out with like. You know, you prep Myra's, and what do you do? Well, that that's about it. And then you it. just play Chef Nomi after that. Yeah. Like, you did in one turn, then you get a board full. Like, great. I mean, what's, yeah, that'll happen it, sometimes. But What's uh, interesting is with Togwaggle's scheme, then, you can put more Chef Nomi's into your deck. But, like, the, like you have to win that, that turn. If your opponent has Brawl, if they have Twisted Nether... You're just uh, you're yeah. in a bad place, and like that's the only instance I see this card ever really being utilized well. Yeah, or you'll get it from a farm sometimes, and you'll get into fatigue in those games. Yeah, um, actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, you're not you're not putting that in your deck for that. Like, sure, yeah, sure. I, I think this is you're gonna get this for more from random effects than anything else. I love I love the fla- again I, the way I heard the flavor explained was that he's a chef in Dalaran who burns everything, so your deck is on fire. Right, and oh, then oh, nice, and then the That's grease fun. comes out, and the grease is elementals, right? <laughs> that is fun. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's probably no better than a three. Like, yeah, a seven minus six six across the board. Yeah, I mean, even in arena, like a seven yeah. minus six six is sometimes okay. Um, Geppetto Joy Buzz is an eight mana six six battle cry. Draw two minions from your deck, set their attack, health, and cost to one. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because this is clearly something that's going to get abused at some point. I don't know how I've I've seen other people trying to 
do disgusting things with this, and I'm sure somebody will figure it out. I'm not smart enough to do it right now, and I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this. But mm-hmm. I think that at, we, we've seen from the Tavern Brawl recently that taking your normal minions and shrinking them down to one mana one ones can be very powerful with the right set of minions. Mm-hmm. And there's a way to abuse this, and somebody will figure it out. There's just no way clearly now. And though this effect is very powerful... It's very difficult to build a deck with just this right now because there's no supporting things like the the tavern brawl you mentioned. It's because everything's a one mana one yeah. one that that it's insane. This being able to do that can be powerful, but building a deck with just those three minions is really awkward. And uh, and you're gonna draw them so, before this sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it's still a powerful effect. I I. I can't. I think it was actually on Into the Wild. They were mentioning you just put this in a combo deck so that sometimes you get some insane thing. Yeah. And in that instance, it's great. So or maybe I, this I, is the art. Maybe this is the use case for Togwaggle Scheme because it's not a minion itself, like Lab Recruiter oh, is. Interesting. Okay. So maybe that's what you want. I don't know. Maybe you put two Mali Geese in and then you draw two Mali Geese out. I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, somebody so will it, figure something out. It's not going to be me. It's a good card. It'll be broken. Yep. You're going to hate it. It's a four. Four and a two in arena. Yeah, I probably. Mean, yeah. I because well, they're not copies, are they? Yeah, you actually draw them. You in, actually so. draw them. Yeah. Okay. Archivist Aliciana is an eight mana seven seven battle cry. Discover five cards. Replace your deck with two copies of each. Everyone's going crazy for this as like some like avoid fatigue at the end of the game, which is I I think it's valid. Um, I don't know why else you play it. You also play but... you would you would play the clean bloods out of your deck is the other reason. You oh play yeah, it. yeah, you could do it for that too. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, I, I, it's a powerful effect. I think it has a lot of potential. You're not just going to slam this in any deck, and you're not going to play it all the time, like when you draw it and stuff. So it's a fringe case, but it, I mean, just the fact that it can basically rewrite uh, what things look like is is potentially powerful. But then again. <laughs> discovering five cards you have no i mean out of all of the cards in hearthstone that's kind of yeah. insane it's a big pool but so, i mean I, yeah. at that point i don't think you, you you don't necessarily care what the cards are as long as they're not doing fatigue damage to you right i i think it's a good card that we'll see play at least in specialist formats and in some control decks i think it's a five and constructed probably a two or a three in arena um we'll say i will say three in arena okay. because yeah i it, again it's kind of a re-roll effect I, yep. he- I heard it said actually that like they wanted this to basically replace your deck with an arena deck that you drafted, oh but that was that would take too, way, too long. It, yeah. it, that was the problem. So they said, well, discover five cards. So okay. I, I I think it's a really cool like I and I yeah. love stuff like this where it's a newish effect. Like I, I mean, the argument for this is the same argument we just made for Arch Archfail and Reform, right? Like you're right, going right. to end up as as a control deck at a point where your deck is junk and you want to just get anything else because literally anything else is better. Mm-hmm. Um, Archmage Vargoth, I don't think we even need to talk about because you've probably seen it and you're probably sick of it by now. (laughs) It's clearly a good card. It'll probably not be as good card in a new meta as it is in Wall Priest. It's at least a four, if not a five right now. I think, I think it's still a five, even if the spells are dialing back because like what we saw during the Vargoth meta was that cards like Eternal Servitude, um, and what was it? Oaken Summons just do insane things. Disgusting, yeah. We still have Xeric's Cloning Gallery, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as crazy with, like, just that. So you, I mean, theoretically, um, you could play Mass Resurrection and then get this and then yeah. Mass Resurrect again. Yes, yeah. But the power is there, and we will see more spells. So I, I think it's still a five, honestly. And yeah. Yeah, we'll probably see it change in some way. Yeah, and it's probably like and a three in Arena. Three in Arena is fine, yeah. Yep. 
Barista Lynchin? Lynchin? I still haven't figured out how to say your name. But five mana, four, five, battle cry. Add a copy of each of your other battle cry minions to your hand. I think this is insane. Um, I don't know how it gets abused. I think you just put it in your Shutterwalk deck and get more value out of it. It's it's the Shutterwalk decks that we've seen that have me believing so much in this card. Because just getting a secondary... This is basically Zola the Gorgon for everything on your board. And for five mana. Except for the Shutterwalk. Except for the Shutterwalk, yes. Because it's uh, it says your other minions, and it's going to be attached to the Shutterwalk. So it wouldn't, unless you copy the Shutterwalk, right, no, it wouldn't be, won't, yeah. Right, this won't bring back the combo deck by any stretch. But I still think, like, if you're playing a value-based uh, tempo deck oh, yeah. with, with Shutterwalk or something, you just put this in, get more life drinkers in there or something. I mean, who knows? It, it might actually enable something. I Probably not on its own, but it could be a, a, a combo yeah. piece. I, I so. think this is going to be, it's, it's going to see use. I think it's a five probably in, arena, in yeah. Constructed. It's probably a, a three in Arena because it's slightly understated, but you get enough Battlecry minions, you can probably get some value out of it. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So Unseen Saboteur is a six mana, five, six. Battlecry, your opponent casts a random spell from your hand, from their hand. Targets chosen randomly. So wave goodbye to Inner Fire, Divine Spirit, decks wave goodbye <laughs> to mind blast decks that are relying on doubling and tripling then quadrupling the the uh the spell damage because it's just good you know, that this exists right yeah it's a skill testing card because you need to know when to play it and um you know it's it you're probably only going to run it either in a specialist lineup or if you're really like super like you know nuclear level tilted and you're just tired of a certain deck and you're just putting those in just because you know screw everybody Yep. But you'll that'll happen sometimes, and I'm glad that this exists. I'm glad that this kind of counterplay exists. I think it's a, probably a four in constructed. It's probably a a three, if not a two, in arena. Yeah. And I one thing I haven't heard talked about much is that if this pulls a buff card, it could buff itself or one yep. of your own minions. And I I think that that is going to happen more often than people are thinking. Not not often often, but uh, and when that happens, it's going to be insane. Like your yep. opponent basically conceded that point. Yep. Uh, Big Bad Archmage, 10 mana, 6, 6. At the end of your turn, summon a random 6-cost minion. I love this card in Arena. Yeah, in, in Arena, it's probably fine. In Constructed, I mean, this is going to exist for random effects that need 10 mana minions because we're losing a lot of them. Yeah, that's, that's if really you it. get this off of something random, that's great. But otherwise, no. If there's a so way, far- like with, with Spiteful Summoner, to get yourself a 10 mana minion, and I don't even know how you do it, but if you can do that, then this is really great. Yeah. It's so probably like a two and constructed. I I think there's a five in arena. I think like, it's probably I don't a four. Know it's still it's still a ten drop. It's still getting you a six six and something else. And there are some bad six six drops. Mm, yeah. I think it's probably a okay. four. I, I, you have to get to turn ten to even use it. And then that's your only minion. And it, it it's not necessarily it if what it drops doesn't have taunt or, or I mean even rush isn't good. Right? Oh, it'll not, get killed, no question. Well, you're not getting to use it, right? Like it, it whatever it's going to come out is not going to affect the board as, unless it has taunt. Yeah. So, but at I, least you're getting two two minions for ten mana. Right, but they're two minions that don't have taunt. If they, unless one of them happens to, but like if you're if about you, to die, well, yeah, yeah, then it's a win more card, I guess. Right. If you're not, so. Yeah. I think eh, it's a four. It's I don't fun. know. Yeah. It's good. I mean, again, it's it's probably okay, but I'm I'm too tired to argue you, okay. but I still think I I still think it's really really strong. Okay. Right okay. Um, Hench Clan Hag is a four mana three three, Battlecry summon two one one amalgams with all minion types. Um, I, I, this is okay. Um, I mean, I are you playing this in a Murloc deck? Probably not. There are enough good Murlocs to just play this. Are you playing this in like a Demon Zoo? Maybe, but again, there are better demons that you would play. Um, the 
you know, generally when you want an amalgam is when you're playing a mixed, a mixed tribe deck, like dragon mech. And you need the amalgams to trigger off. Or, or if you just need something in this slot, like that's right. Amalgam saw some play in like some dragon decks just straight up. Cause you need a dragon on turn three or yeah. you need just one to activate. Well, but, and, and that's the other but part about that because that. that's, yeah. that also activates holding effects. This won't activate holding. Effects. Right. Right. I, I like it's better than Grim Necromancer and Grim Necromancer saw some play in token decks. Uh, like you're getting five, five stats for four, which is good. And I think like, I don't know. I, you, you have to find the token decks essentially that this can go in. If there's tribal synergy, great. I think that Murloc Shaman actually doesn't mind this card. Like it's, the big thing is that the three three doesn't have those same effects. Yeah. If it did, it might be too good at that point. Yeah. Um, but as is, it's like it's it's good, it's fine. It it's four is where your power cards are. Yeah. Usually. So, so I, I I would probably go a three on this. Yeah, I think it's a three. I think it's probably it's 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 probably a four in arena because you would pick Necromancer a lot of the time and be perfectly oh, yeah. happy with it. And and then this lets you make use of all the the random cards that get um you know that have tribal synergies and stuff like that yeah totally um how about we do the portal cards and then call it a night sounds great okay um that's you so those last portal two. yes portal overfiend six mana five six demon uh and then the portal keeper is a four mana five two demon they both have the same effect Shuffle three portals into your deck when drawn, summon a 2-2 demon with rush. So this is sort of a Faldoray Strider uh, effect, and it's fine. It just doesn't, I, I don't know, like, it, it doesn't feel quite as good. I would rather have a 4-4 that just doesn't do anything yeah. when it's drawn. I, I mean, I, I saw some people trying to make this work in a control warlock with plot twist. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you can plot twist and then draw a bunch of these, like, you know, it's like the same thing you try to do with the um, with, with the spiders, right? Like, if you can yeah, draw yeah. a whole bunch of cards at once and get some demons with Rush out, like, that's really strong. It's just the cost of putting them in, those are understated minions. They have demon synergies. I think there's somebody's going to figure it out, and maybe one's going to be better than the other, but I couldn't tell you which one it's going to be. Um, I, well, but I think, I there, think there might be a use case for, like, one or t- maybe one or two of them in a deck like that, maybe. But it's hard to say, like, what else are you going to put in or not put yeah. in, in in place of that, you know? To me, the shuffle effects are just fun. And uh, I was, Strider, Strider is probably the most effective one that we've ever seen. But uh, I think the Overfiend's good and the Keeper – or the Overfiend's fine and the Keeper's not great. Um, I would yeah. say probably twos for both of them. I think maybe a three. I just don't know which which one to give the three to. I, the overfiend for sure. I'll, I'll, the, yeah, the five the six, six one probably six, gets a three. Yeah. I think. Yeah, the five two just seems like it just dies too easily. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd give them both threes in yeah. arena. Like, yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, you you don't really want the five two on four, I guess, but it will trade up if they can't do something. Yeah, to it, I mean, so. you're probably playing them in a warlock where you have life tap. I mean, that's probably where yeah. you're going to pick them more often than anything else. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we had to get going because uh, because this card of the week I've been waiting for for like all my life, essentially, because the fact that you get to choose priests on the first week yes. and the fact that there is a card that is this impactful that we get to talk about and that you have a song that you're excited about. Oh, yes. Steve, it's... Because I yeah I don't I don't know how to intro you so I'll just let okay. you take the take all right stage I, I, as as I did last time I I would not be able to do this justice without some musical accompaniment so I have a karaoke track 
and we're going to just roll with it and hopefully this works let's go <laughs> Game is nearly done. All the cards are gone. Priests, they don't fear the Reaper. It's a tool just like Shadow or Pain. We can be like they are. Between them, where they don't fear the Reaper. Well, she'll bring back Deathwing. Don't fear the Reaper. When she sticks to the board, don't fear the Reaper. Then the game's in hand. La 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 la. La 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 la. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Anytime you bring that song into my life, uh, I'm gonna be very, very happy. So. I, I was struggling for a while with what I was gonna pick for this, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of hit me in the shower one day, and then the, the lyrics almost wrote themselves. Uh, and I, it was like the kind of thing where I was like struggling to get myself out of the shower as quickly as possible so I could get them down before I lost uh, it. That's so. awesome. The, those are usually the best card of the week. So I realized we did that. We did that without any introduction. If you're if you're a longtime listener, you probably love that. If you're a nude listener, like what the hell is like, happening? What what just happened? Every week here on the show, we have a card of the week. The guest brings a song to introduce it, and uh, wow, that that was one for the book. So tell us about Katrina Katrina Muerte. Wow, yeah, we really do is, need to yeah. shut this down. Yep. Yeah, and 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 by the way, singing after three hours of talking is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do it next week. Yeah. so we'll be we'll be equal then. So Katrina Muerte is it is an eight mana six eight minion. This is at the end of your turn summon a friendly minion that died this game i pulled this in my packs i was very happy i this is in the tavern brawl deck as well and this is bonkers it i mean an eight out of six eight in priest is a decent size minion on its own sure yeah and then it getting back something it doesn't is it's and pretty much anything better than a cleric is good and even a cleric is okay because you can still draw off and like, if you're running, I, I don't recommend running Mass Resurrection, but I did get this off of a Mass Resurrection. And at that point, if you have killed one off, Golly. you can actually resurrect another one. I didn't get that to happen. I didn't get Yahtzee. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, the deck that's running in has, like, um, Witchwood Grizzlies. It has uh, right. the, the 512 uh, damage Stegatron. It, you know, you could run this with uh, with Moshog Enforcers. Like, there's a lot of big butts that you can bring back with this. The four seven, uh, the the what I already forgotten the name of it. The, the, the Hedgeclay and Shell, Shade Quill. Like, mm -hmm. even getting that back is good. And again, it's like every turn that it's sticking, it's getting something else that's potentially gigantic. So, I I think this is a really really great card for Priest and. I'm really, really excited to play decks with this card. Yeah, I mean, you think about it as Yashiraj, except it's 
it's resing something from your res pool essentially like wall priest loves this i i feel like silence priest might even be okay with yeah. it. well no I, I guess it's getting the effect back but even you just probably like a mid-range like control be... value priest is fine yeah. right like you're still going to have those minions in your deck and, and and to some extent depending on the state of the game it's actually better than yasharaj in some cases because yasharaj runs out of stuff to summon and drives right, you further right. into fatigue. Never will. Yeah. and this is just going to stay and keep generating value turn after turn until your opponent yeah. deals with it yeah, I, I think just the fact that it can res itself, that's that's reason to actually be concerned. And honestly, like I know that my friends in Wild have been putting up with Big Priest for far too long, but this is going to make it even worse. Oh yeah, like, this or, is going to be annoying and as hell. And by I mean, worse, I mean way better. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess Big Priest is starting to run out of slots because now you also have Vargoth in that deck right now in in Wild. Oh, right. right. Uh-huh. Which, by the way. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> There's a reason we mostly play standard. But. Yeah, yeah. I was I was asking Danny Donuts about that today actually because I'm like, what the hell do you do? Because like I I'm not the one to complain about big priest, but I'm also at rank, rank seven and like three out of four decks that I'm playing against are big priests and they all get Barnes on four and I just want something to beat them. And yeah. so he suggested Exodia Mage, which I may try tomorrow because I want to get up to five before the expansion starts. But but and they um, actually have some cool tools in this set, but we'll talk about yeah. those next week. I yeah, I think it's an easy five yeah. in arena. I think it's really good too. I, I think mean, it's at least a four. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, you're gonna get less value out of it because you're gonna have some smaller minions, but it, it, yeah. you'll you'll get there. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, th- three we hours had... and fifteen minutes is not bad, Andrew. It, and that's not, not bad. bad. And, and we got we through a, a lot more cards than we normally do in a first part. Yes, in a first yes part. we did. We And we had a bulk of the class cards this time. We'll go over all of the heroes and all the other neutral cards that we missed today next week. And uh, as I, I guess I should have said this at the top of the show, I'm realizing it now at the end. But as you're listening to this, uh, the, the set is already released. So I'm sure you're out there figuring out if these cards are good or not. Actually, if you're at the end of this episode, it's probably December. So welcome. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, it always t- took me so long to get through these. But um, but yeah, lots of fun to be had. I mean, the fact that this set is gone or is out now, like just the fact that we have such an impactful uh, set of cards leaving this, uh, leaving standard, it's probably the most impactful thing. But there's a lot of fun to be had, a lot of new archetypes that are going to pop up. Honestly, who knows what's going to be the best and uh, what's not going to be great. But uh I, I have a feeling Secret Paladin's really gonna, yeah. really gonna be there. But we'll I see. mean, I mean, I legitimately have not been this excited for a rotation since like the first year of Standard. Yeah, and you're you are not alone in that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's a controversial opinion. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no one's saying, "Oh man," and if you are saying, "Oh man," go hang out in Wild. Like honestly, I'll probably go play more Wild uh, because I will miss some of these cards in like a month. But give me a month, so and then you can see how Mid Rage be... Hunter goes against sixteen thousand big priests. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, well, hey, we need to we need to wrap this up so that we have uh, we have time to rest before the next time we record. Yes, but as we close this out, I want to remind you as always that you are the happy Hearthstone. The reason this podcast exists is for you, and the reason it's sustained is by you. So I mentioned the Patreon earlier. That is always going to be the best way to support the show. I'm so thankful for those of you who are already there. And again, I've got this promotion going on right now. The first 20 people who are at the inner fire level or above 
If you're interested in becoming a producer, $25, you'll get an hour of free coaching with me as well, like Risen and Menoc do, our two producers. So thankful for both of you. Uh, I'm I'm really interested, as Steve was saying before, to, to hear what Risen's playing right off the bat. And Menoc and I have been uh, working a lot uh, together to increase the play. So both of you are just fun and uh, love having you as supporters of this show and as producers. So thank you so much. Again, go to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone to sign up for the inner fire today. And uh, we will be giving away those uh, those hsreplay.net premium codes to the first 20 people who get there. So looking forward to that. And also, you can leave a review on iTunes. That's a great way to support the show. I actually forgot to look those up today. So hopefully I'll have a few to uh, to let you know about. It's a great way to support the show for free. Just let people know what you think about the show. And I've been doing a uh, a giveaway uh, of an hour of free coaching every other month. So if you're interested in that, you just need to leave a review and then send me an email at uh, thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com and let me know you did that. Hey, speaking of giveaways, I've also got the newsletter going on, which is a really big deal. You just need to go to thehappyhearthstone.com slash newsletter. Sign up for that. You'll get updates about the show whenever I come out with new content, uh, podcasts, blog posts, all sorts of stuff. And we'll be giving away, I think it's seven packs to somebody at the end of the month who is on that. So if you're interested in that, who doesn't like free stuff? Again, the happyhearthstone.com slash newsletter. And patrons get a bonus uh, bonus entry into that as well. Uh, okay, that's a lot. I guess the only other thing to really plug is my Twitter at AndrewIsLiving. Be sure to follow me for hot takes. I'll be updating you on all the, the decks I'm playing uh, maybe uh, some new legendaries that I open up from packs. I'll do a little bit of streaming. Yeah, there's just a lot to happen. And again, email me at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com if you uh, want to give me some feedback, what you'd like to see, or if you'd like to come join me on a future episode. It doesn't take anything other than a mic and an idea. So I'd love to have you on at some point. Just email me and let me know you're interested. Steve, before we hear you uh, with all these other cards, if people just cannot get enough, how can they stay in touch with you? Well, so you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WickedGood, and that's going to take you to everywhere, everything that I'm doing. Um, you can also go to offcurve.com and that is kind of the hub for all the Hearthstone related stuff that I do, including the, um, I have a dusting guide for the cards that are about to rotate out, um, that are unlikely to see play. If you need some extra dust, you can go and check that out. It's on, on the blog page on offcurve.com. That may be of help to you. And, um, I also, you know, I do off curve the podcast. Uh, by the time that you hear this, my episode should be out. I have at least, nine decks as of right now and i may have some more between now and when i record tomorrow that i'm going to go through to give you some ideas of what you might want to play day one and um and then next week i will have you know i actually have to have to confirm with him so should have <laughs> my my regular um you know and uh, you know one week one of the meta um overarching report with uh ridiculous hat where we go through the way we go through cards on these shows we go through every deck that's even remotely meta relevant. There's usually a lot of yeah. them in the first week of a new rotation. So if you want to get an idea of what's out there and what's viable and what's good and what's not, we will give that to you. Um, so you can find all of that on offcurve.com or you can just follow at offcurve on Twitter or just search for offcurve in whatever you're listening to this right now and you will probably find it. And there's also there's also my Discord and my Twitch that you can follow. I, I will be streaming my pack openings and probably some day one decks on Tuesday night, um, Eastern time. 
uh, and you know, and I will probably be streaming. Ho hopefully, I'll get to stream a little bit more than usual um, next week as well. So everyone likes it when you stream, man. I yes. like it when you stream. I, I like it when I stream too. I just need to, you know, not want to bang my head into the keyboard in the process. That's so. totally fair. Yeah, no one wants that either. So <laughs> cool. Well, hey, well, um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll keep hanging out here in this layer. We may. I, I guess it depends on how things go in Dalaran for the for the crew. But we'll see how that all turns out. In the meantime. Uh, we'll be playing with some cards. I hope you enjoy Rise of Shadows as much as we do, maybe even more. Let me know on Twitter if you've got a deck that you're playing, what you're winning with, and what you're trying. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again for another three-hour insanity where we just uh, love talking about all this. Steve, I can't thank you enough for being with me, man, but it's I'll save pleasure. most of my thanks after we get through the next three hours. Well, I'm just happy you keep having me back, even though I make these episodes so long. So, <laughs> And it's... yell at you in the process. And yet it goes so fast. Time flies when you're having fun. See, right, my well, device hey. worked. It's success. <laughs> Science. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for joining us at the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. We'll see you next time. Bye.